So what the heck is going on downtown tonight? Because we had a quick trip. Fireworks. And then we got to Grand Avenue. Mm-hmm. And it took us 15 minutes to get from there to the place where we're sitting right now. In fact, if you'd like to see a little bit of the traffic jam that we were in, <laughs> go to our Facebook page. That would be facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny show. And Johnny posted a picture because since we were sitting at the light for so long, we thought she might as well take some pictures. We sat through it five times. And that was after a delightful trip into, into downtown. Yeah. In fact, uh, the pictures that I took on our way in really highlight the poor quality of air. Yeah. Because it looks very, very hazy. And just, as I said, just shades of gray. It's like the Grateful Dead song, just shades of gray as we're driving in. (laughs) And I guess once again, uh, this is because of uh, 900 fires burning in Canada. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Oh, tonight is Windy City Smoke Out Big Country Shindig. Somebody else uh, sent a text, and you can text us all night long at 312-981-7200, and said, along with fireworks, there's a drone show. Bob Fukuda is in the studio with us. Have you heard about this? Because the drone shows are amazing. Yeah, you've those got are no, amazing. you got no debris left over. The drone goes up, does its thing, and it comes Flashes, down. Flashes, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully it comes down. In fact, I, when I become czar, and I will... Uh, because John Williams king. wants to be king. I'm already king, so I'm moving on to Czar. Uh, there will be no more fireworks displays. It will all be drone shows. Yes. It'll be just like a whir. Yeah. But we have a great seat. I mean, we're, if, if there are going to be drones out there, we're going to see them from the 18th yeah. floor. So, But again, you can text us throughout the night at 312-981-7200. we got a lot of ground to cover in the next five hours. We do. Uh, among the places we're going to be stopping, uh, Nick Moss, one of Chicago's legendary blues performers, is yes. going to be joining us. Uh, we're also going to talk about... Scam, 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 scam. Thank you for putting that in our head. Oh. Oh, thank you. Steve Burness from the Better Business Bureau is going to be joining us to talk about not only some of the scams as a result of this week's storms, but mm-hmm. a lot of other stuff that we've been oh today been experiencing. I had a, a, a very disturbing experience today when I got a phone call telling me that our, our power was going to be discontinued in mm-hmm. a half hour. Oh, yeah. So buckle up. We're shutting it down. Uh, the Empty Pockets will be joining us a little later. And uh, we're going to be joined a little later by uh, Tom Appel, the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, road tests, but we're also going to give you a little bit of a cautionary tale of the carjacking attempt on Tom Appel. Yes, yes. Really scary story. And and as someone said, um, the person wasn't thinking. Tom is well over six feet tall. Tom's a big boy. Yeah. Um, 
you're not going to wrestle the keys from Tom. No, but it is a no. very disturbing story. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about um, crash test dummies and the fact that we only use male crash test dummies to yeah. test vehicle safety. And there's an effort to change that so that there are also female crash test dummies mm-hmm. that are being used. And you're saying, well, that just sounds like more bureaucracy. That sounds kind of no, the, it's the, not. Uh, the the statistics are pretty disturbing. The number of women that are mm-hmm. severely injured versus the number of men, and do not not one man in here say anything about women drivers. Okay, that's a that's do a not. separate subject. <laughs> okay. That's a completely separate <laughs> subject. By the way, uh, adjust your scorecards. Only uh, uh, just a small adjustment. Okay, we had mentioned that next week and the week after we were going to be uh, taking you on the road with us to Panama City Beach. We've had a schedule change, mm-hmm. so we're just we're going to be here for the next couple of weeks, so yep. we'll let you know when we're taking you kids to uh, Panama City Beach with us. We'll just wear our bathing suits in here. Actually, we wouldn't be wearing do our bathing suits. Do you want the people in the building next door? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. Fair is fair. They give me a show. Maybe I can give them a show, okay, right? Fair fine. is fair. A listener texts and says, Johnny, WGN Power? Question mark. Bob, are we on the air? Yes. Okay. That's all we need to know. So, And to, I'm hoping that tonight will be the one night that I don't have to reduce power because of storms. I did oh, last night. You did? Yeah. And that happened on Wednesday, too, yeah. when we were simulcasting Channel 9. Oh yeah, WGN TV. Yeah. That was. Whew. We did that three days in a row. So isn't that crazy? I do not remember a time. Uh, in fact, I don't remember a time where we heard the sirens on the north side almost continuously for an hour. I I don't know this to be fact, but uh, Ron, maybe you or, or somebody in the news or weather department can tell me. Did we have more tornado touchdowns? within the past month than we had within the past year in the state of Illinois? Oh, I don't have those stats uh, with me right now, but it would not surprise me because there were a lot. Yeah. And we just had one more last night. Yeah. So and, so what are we up to, 13 or 14 now? It's a, it's in that ballpark, yeah. yes, sir. And this In just a matter of days, not weeks. Yeah. Right. That is just crazy. So, mm-hmm. well, hopeful that it's going to be a quiet night tonight. It was quiet on our way in. Um, We'll do a little round robin, so stay Mm -hmm. with us here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Can we blow the dust off the disco ball? Because we do need that in here on a Saturday night. I think we do. (laughs) In fact, uh, it's funny you should say that. Julian, who is that? I like that. It sounds familiar. Norma Jean Wright. Okay. Ah. Because what it was reminding me of was... One of Landecker's three-peats earlier this week mm-hmm. when he played It's Raining Men. Exactly what I thought, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was doing a whole weather thing with songs, yeah. and we like to play along and shout at the radio. Uh, <laughs> also, this is the unofficial theme song of David Hochberg. Is it really? He loves okay. that song. He's obsessed with it. What? Uh, so he's the one that took the disco ball out of here? <laughs> he probably takes it home with him. Yeah. Puts it in his backyard, you know. Okay, uh, people want to know about this business of power being reduced. Bob, the keeper of the big plug, is in the studio with us. So we turn to you, since you're the one that reduced the power last night. Why and what does that mean? Well, uh, the boss called really? and said, I, you know, reduce the storm power. So we reduced the storm From power. From 50,000 watts. To 40. To 40,000 watts. Yeah. And it makes us less susceptible to lightning damage? Yeah. 
Pretty much. I'm kind of, or does it mean if the lightning hits, it's going to hit the stuff that does 40,000 watts rather than 50,000 watts or what? The, the lightning arresters and everything are the same. It's just, you know, he just... He, when he it's just says, less power. Yeah, when he says less power, we <laughs> less power. Okay. Would, would the listeners notice any difference? Well, if you if you were asking, like, you know, can you hear us? And uh, So if we were in Panama City Beach, we wouldn't be able to hear you? Nah, probably still, because okay. that's closer. But, like, your your fans out west might. Mm-hmm. Like the Oklahoma listener. Yeah, might be yeah. harder. Yeah. But we're still at 50 now, so everybody should be. Well, we should God. be booming into everywhere. <laughs> In fact, we're booming into Wisconsin again. It's amazing how we're we're like the local station for the folks in Wisconsin, and we appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll we'll do our round robin in just a minute. Um, also with us tonight in the newsroom is Ron Brown. And speaking of big things, Ron, you saw a movie on a big screen this week. Oh yeah, Mission Impossible: The Dead Reckoning, the new uh, Tom Cruise movie, and it is as advertised. Uh, exciting, thrilling, and uh, a lot of fun. And you saw it on IMAX. I saw it on IMAX. I said that's the that's the type of movie that you you make a special attempt to go out to the IMAX theater and yeah. do. So my son and I went out there and saw it. You, you know where I'm tempted to go? And uh, was this the place you went? Uh, Dean Richards did a broadcast uh, earlier this week from there is this new theater that opened up. Western suburbs. Uh, Western suburbs, and it is the largest screen in the state of Illinois. It's like bigger than if you went to the United Center, the basketball court, the screen is bigger than that. Yeah, Batavia. I had already uh, booked tickets uh, to uh, go to the uh, Village Crossing out in Skokie. Mm-hmm. They have an IMAX out there mm-hmm. uh, on uh, Wednesday, and that uh, the Batavia Theater opened up on Tuesday. But uh, the IMAX Theater is pretty, pretty big. <laughs> so, well, yeah, you, yeah, that Village Crossing, that's a nice, uh, yeah. a nice facility. Did you take it out was. a loan before you went in uh, for the show? No, you, and I'll tell you what, I, I went to, because I had the day off, I went to a matinee showing at two fifteen. Went and had lunch, and then went to a matinee showing. And tickets were only fifteen dollars each. Oh, for and, an IMAX. And we're talking that's cheap these days. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh fifteen dollars. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, in fact. But then, how much was the popcorn and the drink? <laughs> I stayed away from the popcorn. There, I think it was eight dollars for a for a soda and like twelve dollars oh. for popcorn. So uh, we ate lunch beforehand. We didn't go in hungry. It's always a good idea. The uh, week before last, I took our grandson, uh, Joseph, who was here last week making Mm -hmm. his radio debut, and we went to see Elemental, which I loved. I thought that was just a delightful movie. I loved the animation. It was really one of the first. And it was interesting. You didn't know till after you saw it that Joseph had had seen it, but he wanted you to see it. Yes, yes, which was really sweet. And I was stunned when we decided we would get crazy and have a slushy. At seven bucks each. And as we're walking across the floor, his slipped out of his hand. Oh, no. so now, because he was holding Pokemon, right? He was holding, yeah, three Pokemons in one hand. So he was trying to carry this ginormous slushy. But the kids behind the counter were great. They they jumped from behind the counter and they started cleaning it up. And as we're walking into the theater, Joseph says to me, Gigi, I have slushy between my toes. Oh, no. Can we go wash my toes, please? And I thought, that's the squishy sound, because he had on Crocs. So mm-hmm. it was going, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. 
And I thought, oh, that's an icky feeling. So we had to go in and wash his toes before we went into the theater. But <laughs> one popcorn and two slushies, and I was at 25 bucks. Yeah, that's where they get you at the concession Unreal. stand. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But hopefully they'll survive. So fingers crossed with this big screen that this is a good sign. And with a, a Tom Cruise movie, people but, will go to the movie. I'm kind of wondering, because there's been a lot of speculation about uh, what's going to happen with theaters post-pandemic and everything. I wonder if big screen... If we're going to go kind of back to the future and forget the multiplex, yeah. go back to big screens to give you that kind of experience that you really can't yeah. get in your living room. Because if you have a 60-inch TV at home and you're sitting in a little multiplex, you're like, okay, and I'm hearing the sound effects from Indiana Jones next to me. You know, this yeah. is And the guy on his cell phone in front of me, why, why bother? Um, yeah, I, I still have a hard time picking my seat, though. I'm standing there at the at the ticket window and i'm like oh we'll sit there no we'll sit oh uh mm." and then when i get up there i thought dang why did i choose these seats you know i like the old days when you just walk up and down the aisle and you find something that feels right because the vent is in the right place and the sight lines are right and the person next to you is okay and And, and more times than not it's just not packed so you you know there are so many seats available Mm -hmm. yeah but ron i know my luck is i will move and that will be the very seat somebody will come in and go hey lady out of my seat (laughs) the the most packed we ever had was one time we were going to see it was one of the star wars movies the last one we saw and we got off the air we were going to go to an early a uh, early screening we get there but it was already sold out but they had a couple seats okay so we get those seats yes and we wound up having to try to fit ourselves through rows and rows of people with lightsabers not happy in the theater we were smack dab in the middle of the theater the middle two seats and you could just hear them groaning as they're you know taking their cloaks and their daggers and they're (laughs) trying to move to let us get it why are we here so late and plus you're not dressed and oh golly but one of the best imax experiences we ever had was it the um uh, the Dark Knight Returns at, Navy at the Navy Pier IMAX. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, they used boy. to have that. Yeah, yeah, not there anymore. That was terrific. Yeah, yeah it's, you, it's it's worth the extra money, I think. You know, to to see the screen, and it's also the sound system that they have. Yeah. It's it's the way those types of movies uh, were were meant to be seen. Uh, mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, with the upcoming uh, Oppenheimer, they used uh, IMAX cameras uh, to film it because oh. they said mm-hmm. it's uh, best seen. On the IMAX screen. So my son and I, next week, we're going to go back to the same theater, same day, same time, and uh, see Oppenheimer as well. Interesting quote from, uh, isn't Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer? Yes. Interesting quote from him. As the actors were saying, you know, we're going out on strike, but he said, this is possibly the best movie I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I'm I also real heard curious about that. That there's nudity. And I, I, am I the only one that thinks of Oppenheimer and nudity as being like an oxymoron? Those are not <laughs> two things that come to mind, right? Well, yeah, I wouldn't have I, I didn't hear about that because yeah, but, the the subject matter is science. It's yeah. uh, you know, and there's a, uh, you know, huge you know, drama around <laughs> that. So <laughs> You scared me when you were going with the huge yeah, <laughs> I'm like what? What do you know? Drama. Huh? <laughs> We're drama. So. And Cillian Murphy, I I think he is fabulous. Yeah, and so you know, an extra star because there's nudity <laughs> in Oppenheimer. But 
I want to go see Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is one of those people that there are moments in life, and Tom Cruise provides me with many, where I have to separate the performer from the performance. Yes. There are a lot of things about him that I could care less about. But, oh, boy, is he a good performer. And did you see there were some YouTube videos of how they were rehearsing to set up the stunts he does, and yes, he does his own stunts. Yeah. He's crazy. He's crazy good. It's just phenomenal. In fact, I was telling Ron off the air that um, I, I've i been reading, people say they've been in theaters where the crowd cheers when he successfully does one of these amazing mm-hmm. stunts, as if they don't know that he's going to make it, you know, off the end of that cliff. He made it! Yay! <laughs> Yeah, okay. it, is, it is pretty impressive, though. I, I highly recommend it. Give it a big thumbs up if that's not been copyrighted. Uh, so. <laughs> okay. That's okay. I like it. <laughs> Don't gets, tell it, on me. Gets the message across. Uh, speaking of the message, we have news coming up here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Longtime Chicagoans will now have the Channel 9 news <laughs> screen playing in their head. Julian, do you have any idea why I say that? I haven't the slightest. Yep. But that was a long time ago. It you, That used to be the theme that they would use for Channel 9's late evening news. Back when the... Was it 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock then? Or did it come on after whatever their late, their last program, program was? was? Probably. With Carl Grayson? Oh my... That was a long time ago. Boy, that was a long time ago. Okay. Uh, A listener reminds us that the theater in Batavia used to be an IMAX theater, and it's been sitting there just empty all this time. And from 630 Area Code, we just went to the new theater in Batavia. Amazing place. Decent food and drink. We saw the new Mission Impossible movie in the new giant theater. Excellent movie. Nonstop action. The screen is huge. It was full, as well as the parking lot. So nice to see it come alive after being closed the past three years and from what dean was saying you have a couple seating options mm. if you're going by yourself there i guess they're all kind of recliner mm-hmm. seats but then if you're going uh, on a date or something you it's a different price for this kind of a two-seater thing for love seat yeah or if you're full figured you could just take a love seat yeah and you wouldn't have the, the arms the one thing that we tried once, and I will never do this again. Theater in Panama City Beach, mm-hmm. the Grand Theater. And they have this, what, what do they call them? They're like seats where the seats move according to the action of the movie. And uh, we tried it once. No, and no, it's Thank you. Because suddenly you feel like, oh, is there an earthquake? Oh, what's going on outside? I'm in this dark place, and now my chair is moving. And you paid for that experience, yet you get engrossed in the movie and you forget that when there's an explosion or something, your chair is going to move. It harkens back to William Castle. Oh, yeah. Over 50 years ago when he did The Tingler Mm -hmm. and you would have a full sensory experience. Or as I have said many, many times with the 50th anniversary of Jaws, no one seems to remember that when it showed at the State and Lake downtown, every time the shark bit someone, the entire audience was bathed in red light. So you saw everybody sitting next to you looking like they were all covered in blood. No one remembers that. And I know I didn't dream it. (laughs) So if you were there. Please reinforce 
that it happened. Speaking of movies, uh, we were talking with uh, with Bob off the air, the keeper of the big plug, uh, and you were telling us about an interesting thing that you used to do involving George Lucas's Lucasfilm. It's yes. called the Theater Alignment Program. Yep. Tap. Tap. Theater. I, I'd never heard of this. So you were hired by George Lucas. To watch his movies. No, just movies. Just movies. All movies. We started out just movies, and then uh, later on we morphed into after he had uh, after they had done enough of these. Then we were doing facility checks. So you would rent. You 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 you'd, you know you you'd look at the bathrooms. You had to get a concession. You had to. He was concerned about that. Sure. Why? Because he was looking for the best outlets for his movies. Oh, so he would send us all over the place, and you watch a movie. You'd watch the premiere, and then you'd watch it like three days later, and then you watched it a week later. So you, you got paid for these. And then did you just take a notepad in with you? Or? No, they'd send us legal sheets that had like scene by scene breakouts, and then you you had you could write on the in the margins like what you saw. And they paid for you to see the movies. Yep. They reimbursed you for the ticket and then, you know, paid you to watch the movie. You got a stipend for for actually the time spent. Yeah. I mean, did you say your check came with a little Yoda on the yeah, check? Yeah, it's a little green <laughs> check with Yoda in the corner. That is a cool idea. And I guess I didn't grasp the thought that he was concerned about the whole facility. I thought he was concerned about how his movies were being presented. He, he was, but, you know, then uh, apparently the idea caught on or he decided that he would see how other people's prints were because like you know we went from that to like i said we saw the fly the fly two. uh i saw schindler's list how many uh, times nine times i did three different theaters so i saw mm. it nine times wow. i i swear the the box office lady thought i was a creepy creepy guy because i just kept coming back <laughs> for schindler's list so you would then turn the information over to him, mm-hmm. and then if they made any change, would they send you back to the theater? To it depends. Check? If it was severe enough, um, they sent me back once because a, an entire reel was bad. Um, and you reported that. And I reported that. And then you were challenged. You were told yep. that you were you were lying. Yeah. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. The, the reviewer's lying, and then when I proved to him that I wasn't lying, then he admitted he switched out the print. Um, and then... Like I told Steve, I said, I even saw the old film gets caught in the film gate, stops Mm -hmm. and burns, and then you get white light and then 20 minutes of inactivity. (laughs) Wow. Wow. We... It reminds me a little bit... Of Dirty Dancing? We're seeing Dirty Dancing, (laughs) and it gets to the pivotal end dancing scene. Where baby is taken out of the corner, you know? Sound goes out. And no one moves. stays out and no one moves. And finally, I, I thought, this is ridiculous. So I got up, and I had to go out and get the manager and say, you want to fix the bleeping sound? And what happened when you came back in? We all applauded you. Yeah, I, We're like, yeah. I walked back in, and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> but we all looked at each other. I've like, had the okay. time of my life. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> lean over here. <laughs> Come on. Um, I was talking to you off the air, too, about my dad was a projectionist. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when I was a baby, I slept between two um, projectors. I was in a bassinet between two projectors. And you talk about white noise. I think that's why I like the whir of the CD that you mm-hmm. play at night because I was hearing the whir of the machine but it took all the fun away from my dad watching movies because he would see the cue for the real change and he would like oh you could tell physically he would react it had to have an impact on you watching movies it takes the 
fun out of it. Well, you know, they started out by telling us that the optimal place to sit is the middle of the theater, you know, in the middle. So you're like in the middle of a row, and they told it, and then you know you had to listen to make sure that the THX was working, and you know yeah. all the other stuff. But yeah, it 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 really ruined movies for me. But it you know you, you get used to it eventually. What but was, I can still see stuff. What was the last movie you saw in a theater? Because it's been a long time for us because yeah. of COVID. My my kids wanted to see Guardians of the Galaxy three. Oh, I love those, and we haven't seen three. I think was one of our last either Wonder Woman or Justice League or something wow. like that with yeah. my with my brother. Yeah, that long ago it was yeah. fall of nineteen. I think of two thousand nineteen in um, in Northwest Indiana at the uh, oh what is the the twelve complex? Yeah, it's nice there. because you got a lot of choices. Uh, I was happy to see Elemental uh, in the theater um, a week ago. Mm-hmm. That was a real treat for me, and I was kind of like a little shaky because I hadn't been there, and happy that I brought a wrap with me. And then I noticed that there were people coming in with their kids wearing winter coats, so you need to take a wrap with you mm-hmm. when you go to the theater these days. Because I think our noses were running when we got out. And thank goodness Joseph had the slushy off of his toes because his poor toes would have been frozen, too. <laughs> we'll take a break and uh, more coming up. And, and we have to uh, do some shout outs. I got to do the shout out. Yeah. I got the list right here in front of me. So no. stay with us. More coming up at WGN. So is it safe to say that young Julian can stay? I think so. Yeah. You're betting a thousand, young man. Nice one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Drifters, Saturday night at the movies on Atlantic Records. Seemed fitting. (laughs) Did you see Steve? He was doing the, the... yeah, I was going the along instrumentation with, the, with, the, with, the, with the instrumentation and the, the high notes he was hitting. Yes, yeah. yes. That's a good song. You never hear that either. Um, listeners were pointing out that it was Night Beat with Carl Grayson. Yes. Came on after the 1030 movie. Yeah. So it was a late news. And that was back in the day when television stations would actually sign off in the wee hours yes. of the, mo- uh, the morning. Channel 9 would sign off the after Night Beat. Uh, Channel 2 had, originally it was called At Random, then it was called Cup Show. I remember Cup would sometimes go until the sun came up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they wouldn't take the hook and get him off stage because if he had Hugh Hefner and a bunch of Jerry Lewis and a bunch of people hanging well, out. And I will never forget the night, and while Jerry Lewis is not one of my favorite people, I appreciated the night that he came on. I don't even know what they were talking about. But they somehow they got into politics or something. He was appearing someplace like Mr. Kelly's. Mm. He was doing two shows a night. In between the shows, he came over and he was on a cup show. But they got into this involved discussion. He had to go and do the second show. And he said, if you guys will stick around, I'll come back after my second <laughs> show. And he did. So that was one of those nights when it was on till about. And they were kind of vamping because they knew Jerry Lewis was coming back. But, That's uh, wild. Yeah. That's fun too. And do, do we know if any of that stuff still exists? Because that would Boy, be priceless. Boy, I hope it does. I remember seeing yeah. a, a, a wonderful discussion with um, former President Harry Truman. Wow! Somebody got into a, a real 
critical thing about uh, dropping the bomb, and he mm. he was very thoughtful of replying and saying, this is the information I had, this is why we did what we did. And I think a lot of what was happening there is what we experienced doing overnights forever. There's a totally different vibe. People come in, yep. and because it's dark, and they relax in a way that they don't during but, the day. But also... In fact, what was Cup's phrase? Uh, the something something art of conversation, right? Because that was the difference between that kind of a talk show and the yelling matches that you have these days. Mm-hmm. It was a conversation, or even the regimented four-minute interviews on the Colbert yeah. or the Kimmel shows, where you know they're in and out. I mean, this was. You got something to no say? No time limit. Yeah. Just here we go. Hang for a while. Um, Stacy's listening in, uh, in Algonquin. She just checked in with the three three one area code. Shall I rattle off yes. some of the names tonight? Because you can rattle. We do appreciate you guys listening. Jim Smith is listening. Uh, <laughs> Joe Jones is also listening. <laughs> it gets a little. Joe more Jones, help. one of my favorite songs. You talk too much. Oh. Richard Vanna is listening on his radio in Lansing. Jean Jacobson is on on her transistor up in Milwaukee. Bob Pucci is not working tonight. He doesn't have a gig, so he's with us all night long. We usually take him home about 10, 30, 11 o'clock mm-hmm. at night. Peggy Johnson is in Hoffman Estates listening on the radio. Matthew McAuliffe is listening. Helen Thomas is in Kenosha. She's using the app tonight. And I think of this every week hmm. when, when Helen, Helen Thomas. says... I wonder if she was related to Helen Thomas, as no. in UPI. Well, how do you? How do you? Why would there be do you two know? Helen Have you Tom- Helen? Well, why are would you, there be two are, Helen Thomas? Are you related at all to? No. Was she your aunt? Was she your uncle? I, what What do we know? <laughs> Peter Jakubowitz. Every week, Peter, I think I'm going to get it right, but I always stumble, and I apologize. Top fan, Ron Oltman, is listening out in Sycamore. Our buddy, Bobby Danos, is listening in Sandwich, Illinois. Kathy Coates in Sterling. Norb Rosansky's in Aurora. Uh, Delphine Behrman is in Chicago. And let's see, Brian Lefevre is a regular. He's in Chicago. Sandy McCormick is in Michigan City, Indiana. Christine is in Plainfield, listening on her radio. Chuck Snitchler is number one fan to everyone on this radio station. Yep. He is listening in Hobart, and we do appreciate that, Chuck. Matt Palmer's in Kenosha, listening on the app. JR's listening on his radio. Don is in Kalamazoo. Um, 630 is listening from their fifth floor apartment using their Sea Crane Skywave radio. Yeah, those and are great radios. We talked about that last week because mm-hmm. is that one of the radios that, that we got for Joseph? That's the radio I got for Joseph for his birthday, and it has uh, AM, FM, shortwave, and it has this band where you can listen to the local airport conversation between the pilots mm-hmm. and the airport. Did you hear that O'Hare actually – now, I did not hear this on the news. This is something I picked up on Facebook, so forgive me. But during the storms on Wednesday night, I heard that they evacuated the tower at O'Hare. And oh, I, I didn't like, know that. I never heard that. I knew that. they evacuated the planes and got everybody down to the lower and, level. And that the video from the, that the, was a nightmare. The, oh, talk about sardines. Oh, my gosh. Hot oh. down there and scary because you don't know what's going on up above and you mm-hmm. want to be on your plane. And Anyway, Carol Danielwitz is listening and Patricia Tantari in Highland, Indiana. Uh, Peter and Tom, uh, a, a, a 
top fans, uh, Tom Kesmerick and Highland Park. I can't even read my own handwriting. You'll have to forgive me. I jotted these down. Uh, Joan Bloom is in Greenville, South Carolina. Joan, we thank you for tuning in. J.P. John Paul is a big Tom Appel fan. He and Peter Muir are looking forward to Tom's visit with us tonight. Sandy's in Michigan City, Indiana. Christine is in Plainfield listening on her radio. Matt Palmer's in Kenosha. JR's listening on the radio. Judy B. in Oaklawn. Turpin, Oklahoma. Linda tuned in again this week. Thank you, Linda. We do appreciate that. Michelle Reitman in Skokie. And I always feel like um, I should be holding that mirror up. Romper room where I see... And I used to cry when mm-hmm. I see Johnny. He's a good boy. No, I'm a girl. Why are you <laughs> saying that to me? And remember when we had a chance to interview her? Sure. And you got emotional. I did. Yeah. I'm finally talking to this woman who kept me company all those years. So and, thank you all for listening. Well, And I want to say a thank you to uh, Peter in Salk Village. Uh, who said it was, Irv Cups in its phrase was the lively art of conversation. Uh, the lively art. Let's steal that, okay? Okay. We can. And uh, we heard from, did you, uh, we just got this in, oh. Mike and Lois in uh, Washington, D.C. Oh, hey, Mike on and stream. Lois. Yeah, and Reiki is listening in Bridgeport. And um, a bunch of people were checking in. Not related to that, Helen Thomas. I've listened to you for over 30 years, though. I love, I love you guys. Thank you, Helen. I have to put up with him. I apologize. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. I got four more hours to put up with him. Uh, coming up, be a gonna, long walk home for you tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Nick Moss. He has a brand new CD, and he's got a CD release party coming out. And Nick had planned on being in studio with us, but we talked to him earlier this afternoon, and he is not feeling a hundred percent. So we said, "You stay home, boy. You get well because you got a show on Tuesday night. We'll talk to you uh, after ten mm-hmm. o'clock. Tell everybody how they can get your CD, and sometime in." August, we'll get him here in the studio to perform live for us. And a little later, we'll have uh, Steve Burness from the Better Business Bureau uh, talking about some of the scams that you need to watch out for mm-hmm. and uh, talk with the empty pockets and Tom Appel and a, a whole bunch of things. Yeah. So we hope you stay right where you are. More coming up at WGN. Everybody put your hand on the radio. Say amen, boys and girls. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> That's some serious juke joint music. Uh, That is our buddy Nick Moss from his brand new album, Get Your Back Into It. I love the the album. I love the title of the album. I love everything about it. Uh, And uh, Nick, how are you doing, buddy? I'm very good. How about you? Good, good. good. Now, Now, we should explain. Nick was supposed to be in studio with us tonight, but uh, Nick came down with a little bit of a bug, and thank you, thank you, thank you, because Nick is one of these people that understands if he's got the bug, he, he wants to share the blues, he doesn't want to share the bug. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, there's no sense in any, everyone else being miserable. <laughs> well, I hope you're feeling a little bit better than when we talked this afternoon. Yeah, you know, my, my daughter's home from college, and she's been yeah. working, and uh, she, she works in a restaurant, and she's been hanging out with friends, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know the kids they bring it home and she must have brought it home I stayed away from her all week while she was sick and I thought I had dodged a bullet but I woke up this morning stuffed up and throat on fire and right now that's about what it is no body aches no fevers but yeah that's a good one okay okay is that going to be the lead line for your next song 
I woke up That's this morning, right. stuffed up, and throat was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Still no fun. You know what? I can't believe when you talk about Sadie May, your daughter. I remember when you were in studio with us, and I want to say she was like three or four years old, and you talk about her being in college, and I'm going, no! Yeah. No, it wasn't yeah. that long ago. And I think at that time, you were Nick Moss in the flip tops, right, Nick? That's correct, and we and we just keep uh, we just keep getting older <laughs> and better. This album is right. this album is great. You should be so proud of it. It just dropped just the other day, didn't it, Nick? Yes, yesterday, July fourteenth, my my fourteenth uh, recording under my own name, and it dropped on the fourteenth. And I just realized that yesterday. That's very cool on Alligator Records. And That's right. Alligator Records. How how many cuts are on the on the CD? And and they're all originals. You did all of these, right, Nick? All originals. I wrote uh, twelve, and um, Dennis Greenlee wrote the other two. Mm-hmm. And so there are fourteen on the fourteenth. I know. 14th. I wanted to hear you say that. Yeah. And you were you're setting me up. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and Johnny and I were talking uh, off the air that one of the things we really do love about this, other than, you know, we love your music, but the way this was recorded, this is the sound you would hear if you were sitting in a juke joint. It's just one of those, put it on, turn it up loud, and have a good time. And dance. Album. you gotta, you yeah. got to move, right? Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a fan of the old school stuff, for sure, and all my... All of my recordings, I've tried to stay fairly true to the to, to the, the older school stuff. Even some of my modern stuff that I did uh, on, a, on a few CDs were recorded like in an old school way with miking techniques and 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 the way they were, were mixed. So you know, mm-hmm. I feel like some of the modern recordings they're so they're so clean sounding. They're almost antiseptic sounding and just. Mm-hmm. I want I want to have some of that room vibe feel and but this one in particular I wanted to sound this I wanted the CD to sound like you were putting on an LP mm-hmm. and now we have an LP to go with the CD yeah the I, I love I, that I love that yeah. you're doing vinyl yeah and yeah and putting the, it out again so that's great and vinyl is selling I mean it sold better than CDs did the last year which just blows my mind and it's really exciting because then people can appreciate. For example, the artwork that's on your CD. Now, your wife, Kate, is responsible for that, right? No, um, my wife is responsible for all my good taste. But actually, <laughs> Kevin, at, Kevin at, um, at Alligator, he's the one that did the artwork for this uh, CD. And Kevin did a great job. He's done all three of my Alligators. Yeah. Uh, since, I moved, since I signed with Alligator, uh, Kate's given up the reins. However... <laughs> Uh, he does have some creative input uh, because Kevin and Bruce over at Alligator, the whole staff is great, and they always kind of, you know, they're always reaching out and asking, like, what, you know, for my input, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, especially for this cover, I, I kind of had something in my in mind, anyways. Mm-hmm. And for me to be able to articulate it to uh, to Kevin was was a little difficult because I don't know the lingo. So Kate steps in and. Hmm. And Kate knows the lingo, so she was going back and forth with Kevin 
on some emails trying to explain what I wanted, and Kevin was like, okay, now I understand. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of had an advantage with, with uh, Kate being uh, – you know, a designer herself. Mm-hmm. Well, but we were blown away when you uh, originally signed with Alligator because one of the things that we have loved about the way Bruce Eglauer runs Alligator, he runs it like family. And that shows in the way the product comes out and the way the, uh, just the way the sound is. Uh, I mean, he loves to get that kind of a sound that you would hear when you walk into a blues club on the south side of Chicago. He's he's a he's an he's an old softy when it comes to the to the music itself because he's still in his mind he's still reliving the moment of him walking into a nightclub and hearing blues mm-hmm. like live probably when he was like a teenager and when he speaks about those moments the moments that that actually were integral into him starting the alligator record label over 50 years ago to hear him speak about it and sit and watch his eyes well up and mm-hmm. and like how animated he gets when he talks about like you know the old guys and the new and even the new guys now but mm-hmm. especially when he goes and starts talking about the whole reason he got in into doing this it's it's one of the reasons like i i was very comfortable signing with bruce one of the reasons i'm proud to be on the label and uh yeah i think when you have someone like bruce and to his uh testament the people that have been working with him i mean mark lipkin has been Mm -hmm. with him for 30 years yeah i think i think most of his staff has been with him for at least 13 14 years and more Mm -hmm. and he's kept, kept that staff so it's yeah it's a great label. I'm, I'm very happy and proud to be on the label. Yeah, great family. You, you talk about some of those early moments with, with Bruce when he he first started hearing things in Chicago clubs. You had a similar experience when you first heard Little Ed in the, uh, in the Blues Imperials, right? Uh, little Charlie and the Nightcats. But oh, I'm sorry. Little, I'm sorry, Little I Charlie. Little Ed, too. But, but, yeah, you know, my brother and I, growing up, my brother Joe, you know, he was my first idol. You know, my brother was the, the, the natural guitar player in the family. And I was just the guy. I, I kind of followed my brother's lead my whole life, you know, in sports and in music. And, you know, he, every, he opened the door for everything. A hundred years ago when we were on the radio together, I think you talked about your mother also being really into music when you were a kid, and she was responsible for exposing you to a lot of music, too. Is that right? My mom uh, is still, to this day, one of the biggest music fans that I know. I mean, you can't put on any kind of music without her moving. She still <laughs> wants her to get out there and shake her moneymaker. Uh, <laughs> she's out there buying records by everyone. Whenever a new record comes out, by she wants it, you know, yeah. uh, and she pick, she picks them up. She's a huge supporter of live music. And my and my dad, Dennis, uh, my mom, Sheila, they come out to the shows. They were both, you know, my dad and mom grew up in an era where, you know, the radio was king. That was, uh, mm-hmm. that was entertainment. And my dad, big band and doo-wop and early rock and roll. And my mom loved early rock and roll and soul and blues and you know, folk music. So we had all these great records in the house. And you know, you're talking about 
having an LP. My it's my first time having an LP, hmm. and the conversation I had with Bruce at an Alligator when we were coming up with the concept for the cover of this album was the fact that like. I I remember what drew me to music besides music was going into the the record stores like Flipside Records and yeah. Rolling Stone Records yeah. and looking through the bins and not even knowing the bands but just seeing the covers and going oh man this looks cool yes and then that made me want to read the back and then read what it was about and then that made me buy the record yep boy are you singing my song absolutely wow. yeah so like I'm so excited to have you know an LP version out, mm-hmm. you know, um, but kind of over the moon about that one. It was probably one of my biggest uh, bucket list items right there is to have an LP with my name on it. That's very cool. We should tell people about your record release party that's coming up in August so they can put it on their calendar. And will the LP be available or do we have to get that through your website? So give us all the details. So I'll have CDs and LPs available, um, but people can still order through my website. They'll be able to order through Alligator uh, if they want to get it before. If you can't make it to the uh, to the big show, August 18th at Fitzgerald's in Berwyn on Roosevelt Road, one of the coolest mm-hmm. clubs in the whole yeah. country. Yeah. And what they've done with that club so throughout the years when Bill Fitzgerald owned it and his family, and then they were able to sell it to someone that kept the whole vibe and charm of it alive and then somehow made it better. Hmm. Um, so I'm super excited about that show, August 18th, the Friday night. And uh, we'll have everything available. And the LPs, uh, my suggestion is if you can't make it in town, order it. But mm-hmm. if you can make it in town, come there because I'll have plenty. And Dennis, myself, Rodrigo, Pierce, all the guys will sign them for you. We'll take photos. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You got, and I'll even let someone buy me a drink. How's that? <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> you're easy. <laughs> By the way, uh, you mentioned Dennis. You and Dennis have been hanging out for quite some time now. This is your relationship goes back several several years. Absolutely, we met um, when I put out my first recording, which was called First Defense in 1998. Uh, he was out in New Jersey. He he wrote me a letter, not an email, not a text message, mm. but an actual letter. Got a letter in the mail from some guy out in New Jersey, in Piscataway, New Jersey. <laughs> Said, I'm a fan, I'm a musician, and uh, he was also a DJ. And he goes, man, I love your music, and if you ever get out this way, I'd love to meet you. And if you need me help, I happen to be putting a, uh, going out there on tour. And he helped me pick up some gigs, and we've been friends ever since. Wow. And then throughout the years, just kind of kept in touch, festivals, shows. He was in, in and out of different bands, but with Doug Deming and the Jewel Tones, I've known those guys for years, and Doug's a pal of mine, and Dennis and Doug played together for years. And when they parted ways, and I parted ways with Mike Ledbetter, the opportunity presented itself just by pure happenstance, but... uh yeah, August 18th will be the, the CD release party, and uh, if anyone wants to come out this Tuesday, I have a regular um, monthly residency that we play on two, uh, the third Tuesday of every month at Fitzgerald's, and that'll, that'll just be me and my drummer, Pierce Downer, and my mm-hmm. bass player, Rodrigo. We do a little trio at, starting at 5 p.m., 
and play about till 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, the whole band will be out August 18th. All right, and we're going to get you in studio sometime in August and have a party. You feel better, but yeah. congratulations, man. It's a fabulous CD. It, it, and this isn't just lip service. We love the album, and we can't wait to get you in studio. And, and please say hi to Kate for us. It's been forever since we've seen Kate. Hi, guys. Oh, hey, Kate. <laughs> Hi, Kate. <laughs> that was a nice surprise. Well, I, I hope when Nick comes down to the studio, I hope you'll be able to join him. Yes, absolutely. I was planning tonight, but next time for sure. All right. Well, take care of the man. And uh, meantime, we'll tell people to go to his website, nickmossband.com, and get a copy of Get Your Back Into It. Thank you, guys. We look forward to talking to you, and, and feel better, Nick. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate you guys giving us the opportunity here. Sure enough. you guys take care and stay safe, Steve and Johnny. Take care. Appreciate it. Bye-bye now. Thanks a bunch. Uh, they, they are, you know, when we get them in the studio. They're crazy talented. Oh, boy, are they. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm just in awe of Kate, too, because she, I mean, she is a fabulous guitarist, and she looks so damn cool playing guitar, oh, too. Oh, she does. And I'll be real honest, one of the reasons that we came back to WGN, I think we mentioned that the management here has been nice enough, they wanted us to come back full time and we were kind of enjoying our lives, Uh, but they said, well, you know, what can can we talk you into? And we said, okay, Saturday nights, and we want to be able to expose our audience as we did for years to the kind of talent that is around Chicago. Yep, right here. And I mean, that was a key ingredient to our mm-hmm. saying yes to coming back and doing this. And Nick Moss is uh, is one of those people that if you're not familiar with his music, oh boy, check it out, nickmossband.com and the new album, The Nick Moss Band. Get your back into it. You have to say it like that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, it's time now for a news update here on WGN. Taking care of business. Uh, we wanted to take care of some business tonight. Uh, because we have both been the victims of some scams and within scammers. the past week and yeah. scammers. And uh, there have been a number of uh, of stories about people who are being impacted by scams, a lot of them as a result of the storms that we had earlier yep. this week. Storm chasers out there doing some dastardly things. Steve Burnus, kind enough to join us tonight. He's the president and chief executive officer at the Better Business Bureau of Chicago and Northern Illinois. And you, if you have a quick question, you want to sneak it in for Steve, 312-981-7200 is our number. How are you tonight, Steve Burnus? Doing well. Thank you so much for having me this evening. Uh, yes. Uh, when I reached out to you today, I said, hey, I just had a really disturbing thing happen to me. So I'm going to start partly personal, if I may. I had a phone call. And when I looked at my phone, it said Commonwealth Edison, because I have that number in my contact list. I answered the phone. And this automated voice told me that my power was going to be dis connected in 30 minutes well my first inclination was well that's ridiculous and i hit i ended the call and then i realized that it came in on the commonwealth edison number and i called it back and lo and behold the number that i was called on was the legitimate com ed number so i reached out to steve and i said oh this is really creepy and we both thought it was a scam because there is a way to spoof phone numbers 
But still, you're not sure, so Johnny called Commonwealth Edison. And I put in our account number, and everything was copacetic, so I kind of breathed a sigh of relief. But that's where you came in, Steve. Is this phone spoofing, or what is happening if they can actually use the ComEd number to do this? Well, there's two problems happening right now. you got the scammers who are being imposters who are trying to say that they're everybody, Commonwealth Edison, uh, Amazon, whatever it may be. Yes. Uh, so they're trying to scam you that way specifically. But they're using the caller ID spoofing, what's called. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's in your contact list. They're using the same number that the ComEd number has, and they can alter the number so it makes it look like it's calling from ComEd when they're actually not. But we want to advise consumers. Sometimes they use numbers and the ComEd name. So if you call that number back, that's on your caller ID. You're calling back the scammer. So the, the important thing to remember, if you're always verifying a, a, an account or, or company, whatever me, go to the number directly that you know of or the website directly. Don't use the number that the scammer called you on at all because it could be a you're talking to the scammer. We've seen that happen quite often. No, I'm not a scammer. We are Commonwealth Edison, or mm-hmm. we are NICOR Gas, whatever, and give us your uh, your bank account number, and that's when people get taken by that. Yeah. But, you know, Johnny, the key to this is a 30-minute rule, and I've been saying it for many years, as you know. The only thing you should do in 30 minutes is buy a pizza, and that's it. <laughs> Everything else, anything else, once you do something 30 minutes, you've got to do the research and, and check them out. And that's usually the uh, tip-off to the rip-off when it's 30 minutes or less. Oh, okay. Because they're trying to say there is a time limit on this, so they want you to be stressed. So if you're stressed, you may not take the time to think through something. Mm-hmm. Exactly, Steve. The stress part is factor, and they always want you to do something quickly. They don't want you to ask anybody. They don't want you to call your husband, your wife, mm-hmm. your friend, your attorney. They don't want any of that. They want you to, to quickly uh, you know, pay them in some way or give them your account number. But they're doing that now it, with uh, fake Amazon imposters saying, you know, Steve and Johnny, you just bought uh, a, a nice 26-inch TV or 42-inch yep. TV. And you say, wait a minute, I didn't. And, well, we charged your account. You better give me your account number if you want to reverse the charges. Mm-hmm. So they kind of fearful that you just bought a, a nice brand-new TV and you didn't even buy a TV, and they just want your account number to credit it, and that's how they steal your account number. Yeah. Well, here's a statistic for you. In one day, and I brought Johnny into the office, and I showed her this. One day this week, I had, count them, 99 email phishing messages. I know they were all phishing messages because, and here's my tip, and I wonder if you would agree with this, every one of these things, and it looked like it came from Kohl's, from Amazon, from JCPenney, whoever, but look at the not only your email address, but the sender's email address. They were both me. And I knew right away yeah. that is such a scam, and I was not going to click on anything, because if you click on anything, even if it looks like a legitimate, here's this wonderful Kohl's offer, you've clicked on it, and you have just given them access to stuff on your computer. I think it puts spam and malware on your computer, so we're advising, the Better Business Bureau is advising, really not to click on any links. 
mm-hmm. uh, that come to you that you weren't expecting at all, and it's, you'd rather you call the company and ask them did they send you an email, uh, because once you click on those links, like you said, Steve, you can open up your computer to spam and malware, and then what happens is it, it goes on your computer, and they can take advantage of the computer and have access to the computer and you know watch what you're doing, get access to your bank accounts. And I've talked to many consumers over the years where it's taken them years to correct uh, when somebody has access to your computer because they have your photos. They can they can do anything. They can lock your computer up and hold it ransom. And if you don't yeah. think that works, it, trust me, I just talked to a law firm recently who, who actually uh, one of their employees did a phishing email. They clicked on it and they, and they locked all their files and they took it all and they had to pay a million dollars to the scammer no. oh boy. in order to get their files back. And a police station, South Suburban Police Station, about three, four years ago, they had to pay uh, the scammer too to get their, fi- their police files back yeah. too. So it's pretty damaging stuff that can happen to your computer if you click on those links. Yeah. Well, and I've had in a different email account... I've had about the same number, I would say about, uh, well, at least 50 emails a day from somebody saying, I recorded you. And it's the same message, and I will not click on it. I just delete it. Uh, But they're out there. and, And working overtime. That's the scary thing. And, and I, again, personally, I've got to go back to what I did this afternoon. I'm thinking, did I click on the phone number that called me? No, I actually went into no. my contacts, and I called Commonwealth right. Edison with a number that I had on my phone. But, see, that's that's how they get you all worked up, because you're thinking, what did I do? Uh, um, Steve, I, I'm, I'm sure we've talked about this before. Whenever you get a phone call, don't say the word yes because that can be used against you. In fact, sometimes when uh, when I'm getting a phone call, even if I answer the phone, I won't say anything. I'll wait for the person on the other end to say something. So they can't capture your voice? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. With the new AI technology, they just need five seconds of your voice yes. in, in terms of mimicking it. So. You know, if your voice is out there somewhere on Facebook, Steve, or radio, you know, they have access to your voice now. So that's what sure. makes AI so uh, alarming uh, because they only need five seconds. That's it. And they can uh, make it sound like you're talking and endorsing a product. We've seen that with fake celebrity endorsements. Yes. Um, you know, the grandparent scam where your, your, you know, your grandchild has been injured in an accident. We need you to send money or wire money right away, otherwise he's going to jail or she's going to jail. So it's, it's you know, since the pandemic, and I've been doing this at the BBB, I've been there 36 years now, but since the pandemic, it's just everything has just skyrocketed because everybody shifted to the Internet, and guess what? The mm-hmm. scammers go where the people are at, and unfortunately, that's where they're at today. And they're not dumb. I mean, they're like scary smart because they come up with things that are forcing us all to learn more about the technology that we're using every day. We're talking with Steve Burness, and we're talking about scams. We're going to talk a bit about um, storm scammers and the fact that, sadly, people are being taken advantage of after this um, series of terrible storms and the damage that came as a result of that. He's with the Better Business Bureau. You can check them out at www.bbb.org, and we'll be right back. Back on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. I wonder how much the royalties on that record have gone up in this past week. 
<laughs> because just, of the lousy weather. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Wow. Uh, we're talking with Steve Byrne as president and chief executive officer at the BBB of Chicago and Northern Illinois, talking about scams and wanted to spend a few minutes and talk about, sadly, the fact that we've had such terrible weather this past week. There are people who've take, decided that there are some easy marks out there, storm chasers taking advantage of us. Steve, oh, what's the first thing one must do if you walk out after a storm and you see that there's some damage to your roof or your garage or trees come down on your car? What do you do so that you can think clearly and not get taken in by storm chasers? I think the first thing people need to do, Johnny, is contact their insurance company right away. Let them know they've been, uh, you know, there's damage to their, uh, you know, home or business, whatever it may be. And, And ask them for some advice. And they will send out an adjuster as well. But you have these storm chasers, and I call them more storm vultures, mm-hmm. uh, who come into these neighborhoods and will make it and make them look like they're a local business when actually a storm chaser is really just an industry term for an out-of-town contractor, whether it be a scammer or bad business or a regular business uh, trying to take advantage of consumers here. And they kind of lowball or really do a lower price than the local contractor. Uh, but unfortunately, John, what happens is that uh, when you have a storm, uh, you try to call a contractor, and you know, all the good contractors are always busy like yep. good doctors anyway, and then you throw a storm into it, they're not having any availability, and that's why these storm chasers uh, succeed, is because you you can't find anybody to fix a roof or water damage or tree down, and you take the first person that comes to your door, and that's something you should never do. And I know you're in dire situations, but... You still need two or three bids, and you need to check them out. And I think that's the biggest uh, biggest uh, concern I have is those consumers are not checking out those businesses, their backgrounds, and where they're located. Are they licensed? Are they insured? Mm-hmm. If they're not insured, then somebody gets hurt. They can go after your insurance company and go after you personally as well. So there's just so many things out there. But there's you know the ruthless people are taking advantage of you know, they're really exploiting these homeowners and businesses who may have been in need of repairs from these storms. And I've witnessed it too because I, I live in Naperville, and we had a you know bad storm uh, about four years ago. My house was uh, severely damaged by the storm. Would I need a roof in the and um, uh, siding and all that, but it was like Halloween at my house. Every five minutes, my doorbell was ringing with a contractor oh who had a, a brochure in his hand, and they can they can fix your house for you quickly and easily. Wow! That, doesn't this kind of dovetail with what we were talking about with the ComEd call, trying to give you thirty seconds, wanting you to be stressed? Anytime you're in a situation like this, and it is counterintuitive, do your best not to be stressed. Do your best not to rush into something. Initiate the contact. Be suspicious of any contact that is initiated to you, but take your time. Don't be rushed into a decision. That's the key, Steve, and taking your time and doing your due diligence, as we like to call it. My biggest frustration in my 36-year career has been consumers who don't do their homework or due diligence, but they will, Steve, after they've been scammed, to realize they are, they have been scammed. So they'll spend weeks afterwards after they get scammed and saying, oh, you know what, I should have done this beforehand. And it's not a laughing matter, but it's just sad that uh, these consumers, there's so much information out there. And so many organizations willing to help, like the Better Business Bureau, we are a referral agency. 
so you can find businesses you can trust at the BBB. We've been doing this over, you know, 97 years in Chicago. We've been helping consumers find businesses that, that they can trust. But there's other organizations, and just doing a simple check. That's it. I'm not asking you to do much more than a simple check and checking insurance and licensing and, and things of that nature. And somebody knocking your door, you never do business with them right away. Because you got to take two or three bids anyway, mm-hmm. and you got to do the homework. You know, that's, people get in trouble and say, "Oh yeah, take care of it right now," because you're here, and I can't find anybody. And that's how these storm chasers or storm vultures work. Ooh. And they have one kind of warranty, and I call this the the tail light warranty. Mm-hmm. And the warranty, it, last time you see their tail lights is the last time you'll see anything about your warranty as well. Oh. Well, well, speaking of checks, uh, isn't another key component to this? Do not write a check before stuff has been done don't give them the oh it's going to take a five thousand dollars to repair this i need a five thousand dollar check red flag no well some companies will take some money up front uh yes you don't pay an exorbitant amount of money but some people will request a check a third down third in the middle and third at the end mm-hmm. but you want a written contract that it's all spelled out in, and these storm chasers don't have written contracts or they have a, a, a business card uh, with a sign on their uh, on their door, and that's about the extent of it. Yes, giving cash or a check to somebody you don't know or didn't do any research on, that's not a good idea. Never give cash to anybody and never money transfer anybody money unless you know them and are a friend. It's a safe app, but if you willingly give somebody money, if they're a fraud, it doesn't matter. You don't have the protection like you do on your credit card. And that's where people lose lots of money because they wire transfer or a money app, you know, cash apps, Mm -hmm. and they have no protection like you do on your credit card. Well, I wanted us to spend a few minutes tonight and just remind people, because it's real easy for us to sit back and say, take your time. But if you got water coming in on your den or you can't drive your car, I, you know, my heart goes out to you because it's the worst possible time to have to make these decisions. We're just asking you to just kind of step back for a moment and catch your breath and think, okay. I got to do this right. I got to be smart because these bad people are out there. They're just lining up, as yep. you said, Steve. Thank you so much for joining okay. us tonight. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you, Steve. Thank you so much for having me tonight. Take care. And you can check out bbb.org if you would like to get some of those referrals if you're looking for companies. And I know we experienced this down in Florida after Hurricane Michael. Yeah. There were people coming in from all over the country with truckloads of wood and they were Mm -hmm. here to do your work and then we had neighbors saying to us they started the work and they took some money and i don't know where they are yep and and there are still far too many homes in the panhandle with blue tarps on them because of that kind of scam absolutely Mm. more coming up stay with us for wgn steve king and johnny putman wgn radio i didn't expect that one All right, explain yourself, Julian. That's fun, Julian. Who is that? I was in a blues mood. That is The Wave Pictures from Buick 6. That's fun. Cool. I like that. Uh, Those of you who have been with us for a while uh, know that we've been known to throw some parties on New Year's Eve on this radio station. In fact, it was the first party in the new facility yeah. 2018 into 19, New Year's Eve. Right. And we had a, a ton of people in the studio. One of them was, for the first time, 
uh, a performer, bluegrass performer, that we saw for the first time at a Guitar Works Christmas show. Mm-hmm. Guitar Works up in Evanston, the, uh, my favorite guitar store. And when we were up there for their Christmas show, they had uh, Charlie Lohman and his group, the Three C's. Charlie, when we first saw Charlie, he was like, uh, how's, what's the best way to describe this? He was authentic. He, he, oh, authentic. And we thought that he and, and sort of a sort of a a kid out of time. Yes, we actually thought that he was in the Chicago area visiting, and in fact, he was a seventeen-year-old Evanston High School student, and. We invited him in for the New Year's Eve show, and he said, I can't pass up that opportunity. His mom and dad and sister joined him, and they took a train downtown with him and his guitar so that he could be on the show with us on that New Year's Eve. And he was so authentic uh, into his bluegrass music. I mean, he... and. It wasn't like um, a parody. It was no. real. He'd done all this homework and study, and he was just—it was just pumping through him. Like he was seeking out the old, yeah, legitimate bluegrass stuff, not bluegrass pop music. So we had him on the show. In fact, uh, I've got a picture. I'm going to post it on Facebook. In fact, go to our Facebook page, and you'll see some other pictures that we've been posting throughout the night, uh, fireworks and traffic and other things. But I'll put a picture of Charlie up there. But the point of all this is, Charlie, after he graduated from Evanston High School, he left Chicago. Yep. He went where the music was taking him. He wanted to go down to Nashville. His parents supported him. Mm-hmm. He went down to Nashville. He uh, rented a place, and he had just turned eighteen years old. Yep, but it didn't take him that long to find a place in a group. Yep, the group is called the Cody Norris Show, and it's Cody with a K, K O D Y Norris Show. If you like bluegrass, these kids are. They're just amazing. They're so true to the original sound of bluegrass, pure bluegrass. And they've been performing around Nashville, then more and more around the country. And just this past week, unbelievable! they performed at the Ryman Auditorium. This is a pinnacle. If you're a musician, this is like a pinch me moment. It's on your bucket list especially if you're bluegrass and they open for Rhonda Vincent on uh, the, the on the stage of the Ryman Auditorium and at the end of the show Rhonda came back out and they they thought she was going to just kind of wrap up the show say thanks for coming she came back out on stage and she invited them to be on the Grand Old Opry and i got goosebumps as you were just saying that because for these kids this is incredible. And how exciting, because they have worked tirelessly. Oh, I mean, boy, did they. And, and, they and again, the, the, this, they're not lampooning bluegrass. No. These are people who have a passion for legitimate roots bluegrass music. They're a bunch of very old souls. Yeah. 
that are playing the music so well. They're terrific musicians, and they're doing their own music as well as some authentic original Mm -hmm. uh, music. And to think that they were there on the Ryman stage, and it was so cute because we followed them as friends on Facebook, and they were they were posting just 24 hours ago we were on the stage of the Ryman, mm-hmm. and it's X number of days till we're on the Grand Ole Opry. This is just huge. So if you went to school with Charles Lohman at Evanston, Evanston High, High School, school. Uh, only five years ago he was there. I I love so much that he's following his dream yes. and he was passionate about this in fact he he moved down to nashville he's got a, a girlfriend no he's married oh that's right yes he, well he met her when he went down yes. there it's like his he was supposed to be where he is it's, now it's a great story it's like if this was a movie you'd go oh this is one of those hokey hallmark movies because it's just so perfect to think you know, it's 17 years old, you're fixated, this is what you're going to do with your life, and you're driven, and it all works out for you. Well, we're going to have to get in touch with Charlie and yes. see if uh, we can get uh, Charlie and the members of the Cody Norris show on the, on the show with us. There's a big uh, bluegrass festival in Frankfurt. It was going on Saturday. It mm-hmm. continues on Sunday. They're not involved in that one. They were at a festival in Decatur, Georgia today, I, I or just Dallas, have- Georgia. I just happened to think of something. Dallas, Georgia. Yes. You're right. When do you remember the night when he was in the studio with us, and when we introduced him, and all of a sudden he started talking as if they were doing an old bluegrass show. He said, "Well, welcome to the so and so show." And yes. it was it was Charlie and his sister, and they just and a fiddler. And they just kind of launched into this as if you had been listening to WSM in Nashville back in the 30s yeah, or something yeah. like that. That's what this was. Well, we're so, so very happy yeah. for them. And uh, we're going to put a picture of him up from five years ago when he yeah. was just a kid at Evanston High School who has just he's, – he's living his best life, as they say. He really is. Absolutely. So just kind of wanted to share that update on one of our – kids mm-hmm. and uh if things work out at some point we'll uh, we'll see if he'll still well i asked him after he was in with us yes. at new year's i said will you take our calls when you become as big as we think you will yeah so we'll find out yeah. if he will more coming up stay with us at wgn steve king and johnny putman at wgn radio we're hungry yeah we are. During the news, we were talking about if if something really, really yummy walked in the door, what would it be? And Julian, you talked about this meat pizza that has, what, eight or ten kinds of meat on top of it? Well, that sounds delicious, but no, it was five. <laughs> Only five? Only five. So you got bacon and, and Italian beef and ham and, and sausage and pepperoni, right? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I was listening to Lisa Dent on Friday, and she was talking about State Fair food. I said, that's right. State Fair time. I've got to find out what foods are being unveiled. Mm -hmm. And sadly, I think Illinois is not really doing a good job of coming up with wonderful things that make you get in the car and drive to the State Fair. Wisconsin is great. Wisconsin's always been good. Iowa, holy smokes, it's fun. People in Iowa must stay up late at night to come up with ideas for foods. They have something like 60 foods 
that are on a stick, that are fried on a stick. And literally hundreds of food booths. So really, it's like going to Iowa to eat. Um, in Wisconsin, you go for the cream puffs. And in Illinois, I think you go for the corn dogs and the corn on the cob. And yeah, there's some fun things. And I'll, I'll tell you some of those in just a minute. But Illinois actually claims that we invented the corn dog, the cozy dog. I didn't know that. But if you happen to be in Iowa for their state fair this year, oh my gosh. What do we got? They are doing bacon and sweet corn lobster rolls. See, anytime bacon and sweet corn lobster, lobster rolls. Yes. Any anytime you start with bacon, bacon. So I'm there. How about the bacon cheddar pretzel dog? Oh, oh, that actually sounds yes. really good. Yes, a bacon cheddar pretzel, pretzel dog. dog. Then there's the buffalo chicken bacon ranch fries. Yikes! Wow. Buffalo chicken? Yeah, buffalo chicken. So it's spicy. Okay. Catfish in a boat on a stick. Okay, it's one of the, you know, 60 things that they have on a stick. Uh, They have, um, oh my gosh, crunch cool ranch pickle on a stick. Combination just makes my mouth water. Deep fried bacon brisket mac and cheese. Grilled cheese. Deep fried. Let me retread that. Deep fried bacon, bacon brisket, brisket, mac, mac and, and cheese. cheese. Grilled cheese. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <clears throat> I don't know what this is. How many people right now are getting up out of bed and going to the refrigerator? Are you ready for the Iowa Twinkie? All right. It's a jalapeno pepper filled with pulled pork, corn, and cream cheese wrapped in bacon Smoked with sweet and sticky barbecue sauce and finished with ranch. <laughs> wow. Why must you torture us like this? <laughs> I know. Exactly. Th- thank I you, know. Julian. Oh, golly. <clears throat> See what I have to put up with, Julian? There. Here's a fun food idea hot slushies. Slushies that are really cold as they go in your mouth, but that afterburner is like, wow. I don't think I'd, I'd wow, be there. I love no. that. Are you kidding me? Um, I'll just pe- stay with the cold slushy. Peanut butter cream donuts. Now, this is just in Iowa, some of the things that they're offering this year. Um, the walking banana dessert. I have no idea. The what? <laughs> but it's a walking banana dessert. The I'm literally salivating as i'm talking so you have to forgive me the um some of these i'm not even going to mention because they just sound too good butter beer ice cream that's harry harry potter okay butter beer then there's just the plain old chicken sandwich the crispy chicken sandwich (laughs) oh golly so that's iowa then wisconsin yes they've got their cream puffs and they have their corn on the cob and was it elephant ears that we had yeah well funnel cakes or elephant yeah. ears that's still there uh they're now offering an apple cider slushy doesn't that sound good yeah, Ooh, it does. apple pie fries oh, the atomic slush apple pie fries i'm trying to the atomic slush is what i was talking about that's the hot but cold slushy it's cinnamon slush made with Carolina Reaper powder, 
topped with whipped cream. Wait a minute, what is Carolina Reaper know, powder? But it's got to be hot. It sounds like something you'd put in a gun <laughs> on Outlander. Yes. Topped with whipped cream, spicy caramel sauce, and spicy candy pieces. Drink it if you dare. Caution, it's very spicy. Uh, bacon cheddar bubble waffles. Bacon cheddar bubble. Now, again, this is Wisconsin, so you're going to get a lot of cheese. I think I saw her dance one. (laughs) Bacon bubble. Uh, Beer cheese Wisconsin lava cake. Beer battered corn dog dipped in hot Wisconsin cheese. It doesn't look good, but golly, I bet it's good. It's hard to do this because I'm salivating. Brown sugar sweet potato iced latte. Let that sink in. Iced latte flavored with brown sugar, sweet potato puree, so that would make it healthy, I think, right? A dash of cinnamon and brown sugar and boba pearls. Now, I don't get the whole boba pearl thing. How about you, Julian? The I'm not even sure what that is. It's, yeah, what are boba pearls? It looks like caviar. The little gelatinous balls are in the bottom of the... But what is a boba? It's a gelatinous ball. <laughs> it feels really weird. In it's your not mouth. Bubba. It's Boba. <laughs> um, tapioca. Tapioca balls. Yeah, <laughs> but the sensation in your mouth is just either. I think you either love it or you you are like me. You turn up your nose to it. Uh, bug chow mein will be in Wisconsin. No. Bug chow, mein. bug chow mein. Yeah, swarming with insects that satisfy no, your bug no. craving. And they warn you, if you have a shellfish allergy, you cannot eat the bugs. I did not know this. So if I think I may, so I uh, <laughs> I can't eat the bugs. You're going to no, err sorry. on the side of no crit- yep. crickets, worms, ants, June bugs, and the juicy sago worms served with soy sauce, duck sauce, and a fortune cookie for your dining pleasure. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, camel chili cheese fries. Camel, camel chili, chili cheese fries. fries. Yeah. Hmm. Chicken and sausage. Camel jar. chili. Oh, you know. <clears throat> what is camel chili? I'm going to get to uh, later on tonight. I'll, I'll roll through some more of the list. But before that time, we're going to scratch around here and find some food <laughs> that's been left. I hope so. <laughs> I've got a sad little bag of granola with me, and it's just not the same as like a hot slushy or a pickle pizza. That's also popular. Pickle pizza. You can have my half of that. <sighs> I had. Although I like pickles. Yes. but you, And you, I like pizza. You didn't like the delicacy that I enjoyed last week. I bought a shave ice machine, you know, like Hawaiian ice, not like snow cone. Greatest and thing. I, being the right-thinking American that I am, went with grape. I went okay. with pickle juice on mine. Oh, boy, was it good. All right, it's time to find yourself a new producer. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was really good. I'm going to bring that sucker in one night, and we're going to do shaved ice. It's not shaved. It's shave ice on the radio. It's a cool machine. We should do that. You put this hockey puck of ice in there, and you push it down, and it's like snow in a Because you, you you put the ice basically in like a little dish. It looks like a hockey and, puck. And yeah. you let it get just like a hockey puck, and then you push put it down it in, the in this machine. And it takes a little elbow grease to push it yeah. down, but when you do, you get a cup full of snow, and you pour your pickle juice on it. Mm-mm, that's some good living. And you did one thing that was very cool. I like both just the grape, mm-hmm. or you mix it with a, just a smidge of condensed, of milk. condensed milk. Just a little tiny. Which gives it just a little mm. fuller oh, flavor. Oh, golly. 
All right, we're going to go over here in the corner, chew on our ankle, and take a break for the news here on uh, WGN. And coming up, we're going to be uh, spending a few minutes with the Empty Pockets. They've got some big news. They're in Buffalo yeah. tonight. But they're going to join us to tell us about a show coming up that we don't want you to miss. Also, if you've heard the Empty Pockets on our show, you know that they are um, very closely involved with Will's Place up in Skokie. Right. And Will's Place opened last Saturday. So we'll get some more details on that coming up with the Empty Pockets here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio, The Outside Spectrum by the Empty Pockets. Oh, that's so good. Empty Pockets in Buffalo, New York tonight, but with us on the telephone, because we got a lot of stuff we need to tell you all about that's happening with the Pockets next week. Josh and Erica, both with us on the phone, is that correct? Hey, guys. Hi, Hi. there. Hey. Hey, guys. How was the show on Buffalo tonight? It was really fun. There's a club here called Sportsman's Tavern, and we played it... uh, a long time ago, 12 or 13 years ago, mm-hmm. and we, they renovated it, and it's gorgeous, and this was our first time back. Did you have to uh, postpone a show earlier this week because of flooding someplace in the country? You know, it's an apocalypse right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, there is that. You know, we there's a lot of flooding in Vermont, and we had a show in... Woodstock, Vermont, Mm. and it had to be postponed because of flooding. So, yeah, it does feel weird because we had another show postponed because of smoke not that long ago. That's right. And uh, we didn't play the 4th of July in Skokie last year because of a shooting. So we were just like, oh, man. What's going on in this world? Oh, landscape. Wow. Yeah. But you're coming home. You're heading back this way because you've got something coming up on Wednesday. And I said, we have to tell everybody about this because it's a chance for people to see you. And it's going to be in Skokie, right? We are so excited because we're we're trying to bring all of the positivity over to Will's Place, which Mm -hmm. is our new cafe that employs adults with disabilities, and we get to be the guest baristas this Wednesday morning. <laughs> That's yeah, cool. I'm excited. I've been a customer of Will's Place a couple of times so far, and it's been yeah. fabulous. But now we're uh, we're going to serve the coffee. Come join us on Wednesday morning. It's going to be fun. Now, now let's specifically for people who want to do that. What time will this be, and what time is Will's Place open for uh, for breakfast, brunch, whatever? So Will's Place is open Monday through Saturday for coffee from 9 to noon. And it's open Wednesday through Saturday uh, till 3 o'clock for lunch. Mm-hmm. And Eric and I will be in on Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. Serving up your iced coffee, serving up your brews. Mm-hmm. We're, we're ready to rock. <laughs> they also have some fabulous pastries that they brought in and uh, bread from... Uh, publican quality bread so it, it's good i've eaten there twice and i'm getting very excited to uh to visit again i was so excited to see last saturday for the grand opening there was a line down the street and i was very pleased to see jan Shikowski came out yes and just a terrific picture of young will being hugged by jan Shikowski. and you could tell that will is just he, he's over the moon right he the, all of this has finally come together for and, him. and speaking from experience Anytime you get a hug from Will, your day is made. That's it. It's true. It's unbelievable. It's so true. Like, apparently, Jan walked in, and literally her first words 
from her mouth were, where's Will? Where is he? You know, and, and their hug is magical. It's, I mean, it's a real testament to the kind of kid he is. You know, when, when my mom and I saw William for the first time in Vietnam, he's adopted from Vietnam and he came home, it became clear pretty quickly that he had some, he had a stroke when he was born and he had some, some disabilities and he never, he doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. He he never was able to talk because of a, a couple of specific disabilities. And it's so wonderful to see how happy this makes him. And if yeah. you visit Will's place, you will see that joy. It's it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, and, and he and he's communicating that very easily right now. It's 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 fun. It, it it's one of the things that uh, that stayed with me. He may not talk, but oh boy, does he communicate. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, a lot of emotional intelligence my brother has. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talked to your mom a couple of weeks ago when she announced that, in fact, the opening was going to be on July 8th. And I think she was even having a pinch me moment because she had so many young people that were eligible for employment and she was able to employ what it's about 16 young people that have various kinds of challenges yeah i think it's up to 20 and you know like there aren't that many options for employment for profession for adults with disabilities and while i do think like target and jewel do an awesome job it's because they both employ a lot of um, mm-hmm. adults with disabilities. It's it's limiting there, and I think the small atmosphere of Will's Place, the kitchen, the ownership mm-hmm. in the, uh, the this first sort of round of employees is awesome. Like the team photos of them in the kitchen are yeah. just magical. Yeah. By the way, I love the T-shirts. Yeah. Where yeah. there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Yeah, that is so cool. So you guys will Everybody's be... Everybody's loving the shirts. I love it. You will be uh, baristas on Wednesday morning. I'm going to go ahead and put in a little plug. In August, I've been asked to be a celebrity barista because That's I'm all about great. the coffee. Yay! So I'm tickled about that. And we'll talk about that more down the road because I want people to come out and say hi. Uh, but you guys are also going to be performing on Wednesday night, right? Yes, we're performing at Wednesdays on the Green next to the Skokie Library. It's a Will's Place, Empty Pockets Day. <laughs> and so to celebrate, I'm buying a bunch of Will's Place cookies. And we're giving away Will's Place cookies at Wednesdays on the Green. So it's right in front of the Skokie Public Library. And it's at 7 o'clock on wednesday that's this wednesday july 19th rain or shine yeah we're doing i think it might rain we've come out there well you know it it rains every day so what else is new right (laughs) (laughs) we caught you uh oh four or five years ago the first time we'd seen you perform live we came out to uh the show on the green and let me tell you folks i was blown away by the fact that you've got the whole band there with you you got a great setup and i assume you're going to do that again this coming wednesday night yeah it's one of my favorite shows it feels we tour so much now mm-hmm. but it feels like a homecoming i mean i went to school at niles west high school mm-hmm. and it's right there yeah Spent a lot of time at the Spooky public public library so it's, it's always a very fun show i have a lot of family there and this year you know it's the will's place day as well will's place is open we're we're doing the barista thing and then uh Free cookies, so yeah, okay. I'm making it a party. All right, can we ask you to hang on for just a second? 
and we'll come back and uh, even if we can't ask you we are we are going to do it okay <laughs> we're talking with erica and josh of empty pockets and yeah you can see them on wednesday at seven o'clock or get out there earlier in the day and have them pour you a cup of coffee at will's place back in just a moment here on wgn i hate to interrupt this i know because it's too good oh that's uh empty pockets Josh and Erica on the phone with us. They premiered that uh, in the studio with us uh, oh, yeah, a couple months, months ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that is going to be uh, one of the things on your new album, right? Yeah. That comes out as a single on Friday. Out on Friday. So what's the story on the album? Uh, what's the goal on when that drops? The whole album comes out on September 8th. And I, I'm excited about this uh, little bit silly song, Shocked by an Electrician. I loved hearing you guys giggle. <laughs> the, the lyrics of that, and I know we talked about this when you guys played it, but the lyrics are just so much fun. Yes. How, how quick was that for you to write? You know, we, we keep saying, and I think it's, it's very true, Al Stewart said to us in a dressing room once, that he, he, he looked at the song. And he said, "Americans don't get wordplay." We were we were aghast. We were so we're so. I'm still offended in this moment retelling the story. So you know, we 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 endeavored to prove him wrong. So we tried to get a pun in every line. You done good. Uh, what's cool about it too is we um, recorded it at Abbey Road Studios. Yeah, yes. we recorded that song in Abbey Road Studio Three, which was an incredible experience. And just I don't know. I I love how it turned out. Yeah. In fact, isn't um, most, or if not all, of your new album uh, material that was recorded at Abbey Road? Yeah, and this one's a really good example because I'm playing the Hammond RT3 that, like, has it has stains from the cigarettes that Paul McCartney would use during recording sessions, where he would just like put them on the side, you know, during during his uh, tracking. Um, and that it's all over the dark side of the moon album. So like the magic, this was the first thing that we recorded when we sat down in the studio and there's just like an energy in the track. We didn't do any overdubs. We just, we just rocked it. And it, it, it really, it really captures something. Mm. Can people pre-order the CD now? They sure can. Yeah, indeed. Our website is the empty pockets. Dot com, and we're asking people to pre-save, not the whole thing now, the whole pre-save. Mm-hmm. We're asking people to pre-save this song, Shocked by an Electrician, on their favorite streaming device. And you can do that on any of our um, social media profiles. We've got links for that. So yeah, we've We've got links if you want to if you want to stream us if you want to if you want to purchase the album you know and be the first to hear it in physical format we're we're here for you guys. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the physical formats still. Yes, but I know we live in a streaming world. Yeah, but I I love the fact that you guys are hands on. So when the CD is available, you stuff the envelopes, you mail them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, and I yeah, love we, being able to being. I love being able to look at something and read the notes and look at the pictures while I'm listening to the music yeah. playing. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of physical stuff. Don't yeah, take that we, quote we out of context. Us, uh, we had a guy today bring us a whole package of our, 
you know, from 10 years ago, he bought some physical from us, and we usually include, like, a little note, mm-hmm. and he had us bring the note to sign from oh, 10 years ago. It was awesome. That's sweet. Gosh. Well, uh, one of the things that uh, I have to say, we haven't talked about this off the air, but if at all possible, if you can find your way to the studio sometime in September with mm-hmm. that new album, I swear to you, we'll have a party. It will be a blowout. <laughs> okay? Absolutely. We will try to make it like through in between cities yes. and we will, we will get to you. We will get to, get to you. Do you have any idea how many cities that you've already played this year? Half the year is behind you? Because uh, you've been very busy post COVID. Things have been good. 30 something cities so far, I mm. think. Mm-hmm. I got to look at my spreadsheet. But yeah, we are we're covering the country this year. No international travels for us, but we are covering the most of the country. Coast to good. coast, babies. Coast to coast. <laughs> good, 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 good. And again, Wednesday in Skokie. They're in Buffalo right now. They're coming home. They're going to be in Skokie on Wednesday. Come out, get a cup of coffee at Will's place, get a pastry, get a sandwich, and um, see and say hi to Will while you're there. Absolutely. <laughs> Will, Will is a real people person. Uh, isn't it true that Will was, was he prom king or something at Niles? Yes, I believe that's a fact. I think that is true. <laughs> that's crazy. And uh, he's very, quite popular in high school. Oh. And uh, he's uh, like the greeter of Will's place. I mean, he's working in the kitchen, but he's yeah. got a lot of hours not in the kitchen. <laughs> well, and he's got so many friends that come through, you yes. know. Yes. Just- He's got to make his way around. Yes, yes, yes. And he's making those chocolate chip cookies, as you said. So you'll have those Wednesday night at the show at uh, Skokie, right outside the Skokie Library. A beautiful facility there. And if you're familiar with Skokie, but but you don't know exactly where Will's Place is, if you know where the Skokie Theater is, walk right, literally right across the street, and you will see my two favorite stores in Skokie, Will's Place and Oh Yeah Comics. (laughs) That's right. Oh, yeah. That's a great comic store. It's a great one-two stock. Come and look at the comics yes. and get them yes. in Will's Place. It's a, that's perfect. I don't think we've ever mentioned this, but uh, with your roots in, in Skokie, have you ever had the occasion to be on the stage at the Skokie Theater? I know it's a small venue for you guys. but It's a wonderful venue. Have you guys are, ever played oh. there? I saw, We saw a gig there once. My... Uh, Junior high. My junior high school music teacher, Steve Cohen, is in a bunch of bands, and he was in uh, his Steely Dan tribute we saw there hmm. once. But I've never been on that stage. Yeah. I well, saw it. We've, we've done a couple of, uh, we've emceed a couple of shows there, and yeah. everybody comes away. Wonderful acoustics. Yeah, they're so blown away, and, and it's so intimate. Um, and people, when you go to a show there, you go to listen. So I, I hope they start offering shows again. Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, what is it, a maximum of like 200 people or yeah, something? A it's not yeah. a huge venue. Yeah. I yeah. like venues like that. I think it's a cool, yeah, I like that place. It does it, it's really live acoustics. I like mm-hmm. that place. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're going to let you guys get some rest because you're an hour later. You've just done a gig, and you're kind enough to stop by here. But we wanted everybody to know how they can come out and see you on Wednesday, and they can follow you at your Empty Pockets um, Facebook page and website, and you're very active there. And if you can scratch out something where you have a a free minute or two in September, let us know, and we'll do a CD release party right here on the radio. And bring the food, too. I mean, we'll... And I'm excited about you, Bart, you doing the guest um, barista <laughs> as well. I am too, because I'm a coffee fanatic. And when uh, Josh, your mom, Joan said, well, would you like to do it? And I go, yeah, if it means I get to behind the <laughs> counter, of course. 
And the coffee's legitimate. It's dark matter. It's yes, really good. Yes, absolutely. Well, we'll see you on Wednesday, too, you guys. So safe travels back home. Thank you so much for joining us. Love you guys. Us. Take care. Love you guys, too. So much great talking to you, as always. Good night. More coming up. Stay with us. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. And uh, real quick, before we segue to some uh, car talk, I guess we should apologize to uh, someone who just texted at 981-7200. They said, after we were talking about all the food stuff, my cholesterol just hit 300. Thanks, guys. And then Mark texts and says, it's all your fault because of your food fair segment. I just microwaved and I'm about to eat a hot sweet potato. (laughs) And we were scratching around and ended up with a few chocolate-covered almonds. Yep. Which are not the best food to eat when you're on the radio. No. Because you get a little almond crumb in your And it's not good. Now, all of this has nothing to do with cars. Although Tom Appel has been known to uh, occasionally pick up a few donuts as he's <laughs> walking into the office. Is that correct, Tom? I do do the donut thing, and, and I do bring donuts to the podcast recordings. So, yeah, that's that's still a thing I'm associated with. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. we got a lot of ground to cover, but first things first, can we do a Paul Harvey and say partly personal? You must share a story that uh, could have been so much weirder and so much, as Larry Schreiner used to say, worser. Uh, But it's it start from the top. You were at the Walgreens. Yes, yeah. So I pulled into the Walgreens. I was going to charge my car very quickly. I had an electric vehicle. It was a test car. It was being picked up the next day, and I just wanted to make sure that the, the people picking it up had enough juice to get the, the thing back to where they needed to park it. So I pulled in, and and at this particular store, the entrance is at a corner of the building, and the charger is all the way back on one side. So if you pull back far enough, you could see the front, the entrance of the building from the charging station. So that's that's. That's just sort of the layout of the situation. Mm-hmm. As I'm preparing to charge, I'm at an EVgo station, and let me just just vent a little frustration with EVgo. It took me like three times to get this to work, mm-hmm. and that's the problem with public charging. But while I'm trying to get this to work, a woman approaches me from the front of the building, and she's coming at me quickly. And she's texting on her phone, not looking up while she's walking towards me. She gets very close to me, and then quickly turns around, pivots, and walks back to the front of the store. I don't think too much about it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I charge for about 10 minutes. That got me enough mileage, to, you know, the kind of the distance I was looking for. As I was sort of packing up and removing the plug and putting it back into the charge station, she comes back from the front of the building 10 minutes later, and she's yelling, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I look up, and she doesn't make eye contact with me, and she continues to text on her phone, but she starts to tell me this crazy story about how her husband dropped her off at the store, she went into the store to buy stuff, came out, and he wasn't there, and she didn't have her purse, so she couldn't pay for the stuff she bought, so she needs a ride home. And she's asking me for this ride home. And I'm a bit incredulous because her story is silly. She tells me she lives two blocks away, so she walked very quickly to see me. It seemed like she could get home. Yeah. And I asked her I asked her where she lived, and she just pointed in a general direction to the north. It was actually to the southeast. And 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 I just tell her at this point, no, no, I'm sorry. I asked her what street she lived on, and after a very long pause, she says Carter Street. 
And I'm like, hmm, I'd never heard of Carter Street. And, and I tell her I apologize, but I tell her I can't, I can't make this work. I don't think it's a good idea. And I drove away. Mm-hmm. When I got home, I'm explaining the situation to my wife, and I realized I need to look up Carter Street. And it turns out, as luck would have it, there is a Carter Street in the town I live in, but it is nowhere near the direction she pointed. Hmm. And like this is all very strange and very suspicious. And and I called the police eventually, and and they're like, "Yeah, this was probably bad news." Mm-hmm. So the long story short is, it it seemed like she was trying to get in my car and get me to drive someplace. At which point, I suspect I was going to be relieved of my vehicle. Hmm. Wow. And yet she had a phone with her. She yes. could have called for help. She could have called for an Uber. She could have walked home, all of these things. So then it hits you, wow, really something bad could have happened there. You, you read all the signs correctly, obviously, Tom. But, but doesn't that also point out one of the problems with a significant amount of electric vehicle charging stations? They are back behind there out in the the hinterlands of mm-hmm. the shopping centers or wherever they happen to be. That is, that is a huge problem. And a lot of people are complaining about that in like big box stores where the charging stations are off in a corner or someplace not well lit. Now, in this particular instance, the lighting there is okay, and you can see the main road from where it's at. So I would say that in this particular situation, the charging station is not in what I would call a, a dangerous zone. There's plenty mm-hmm. of light, and you can mm-hmm. see the street. But that is a complaint, Steve, and a lot of people make it. And if if you have the ability to move on down the road as opposed to going to one of these places, it's nestled in the back of a shopping center where the light is poor, it's probably in your best interest to keep on moving down the road. You know, Tom, I was, I was telling, uh, Steve and I were talking about your situation, and I told him that I've been following a story out of Hoover, Alabama. And because I was following it uh, on Facebook, on a news site on Facebook, a lot of people were chiming in from all around the country. In the case out of Hoover, Alabama was a woman was apparently uh, a 24, 25-year-old woman was apparently driving down the interstate and she sees a toddler on the side of the road, a child. So she did what any person would do. She pulled off the side of the road. She called 911 and the police said, oh, well, give us your mile marker, et cetera, et cetera. When they got to that location, her car was there. She was not there. Her phone and her wig were beside the car, and there was no child. So, of course, that opens up this whole can of worms from people saying, well, that child was used as a ploy to get her to stop. Mm -hmm. And then people started reporting, be very wary when you see a car seat sitting in a parking lot or along the side of the road. This is not an urban legend. Law enforcement has said, if you see that, do not stop to see if there's a child. Call 911 right then, because it may very well be a ploy to get you out of your car or to get you. Now, the good news about the woman in Hoover, Alabama, believe it or not, just tonight, she has appeared. Alive. But within about the past half hour, right? Yeah, she's alive, and they have her at the hospital. Um, uh, But what a weird... I'd be really curious to hear whatever the story is. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's interesting, too, because the cons seem to play on people's good faith and their instinct yes. to want mm-hmm. to do good. Like, I, I would feel terrible if I knew that this woman really needed a ride. If right. there was just something up. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's a small town-ish. Palatine's got kind of a community feel to it. You don't want to leave a neighbor stuck at a store. Sure. Yeah. And would, would you able to be able to sleep at night if you kept driving down the interstate knowing that there was a child on the side of the road? No. No. But the reality of life in 2023 is, sadly, you have to be suspicious of just about everyone they have to let your spidey sense kick in so that you say wait 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 is this a good idea for me to stop here is it a good idea to let this stranger in my car or should i just note the mile marker call 911 yeah and move on down the road as i'm reporting this to the authorities to let them do whatever needs to be done and tom speaking of the authorities i'm assuming they said to you too bad you didn't call us earlier we would have gone out to the parking lot and and see, you know to see if she was still there to find um, out what she was th- up to yeah i was not chastised for waiting too long i waited about 20 minutes to call them just because i was trying to decide Mm-hmm. It, to what extent I believe this was a real thing. And yeah. I gradually came to realize it was. And I did call the police. And then they said they were sending someone out to the store to check it out. I don't know what came of it after uh, that. I see. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk a lot more car stuff with Tom, who's kind enough to join us a couple times a month. And there's always a lot of ground to cover because he's riding around in new cars. And we'll find out what those have been right here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman. In cars, talking cars, with Tom Appel, who is the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. And Tom, uh, blatant plug, if people want to follow you on Consumer Guide Automotive, uh, where should they point their browsers? Yeah, go to ConsumerGuide.com. If you want to skip the new car stuff because you just want to see the fun stuff, you can go to blog.consumerguide.com. That's where the fun stuff lives, including the story I just wrote about what happened at Walgreens. So Mm. that's there, too. Got that up quickly. And, of course, our, our new podcast drops Tuesday morning. Don't you have a, uh, on the on the fun page, don't you have a piece on uh, the coolest TV cars? I've done a couple of those over the years, yeah, different variations, but yes. And, and obviously, uh, if you're asking me, yeah. and you are, uh-huh. it's, of course, it's the Rockford Firebird. Hands it's a down. Long story yeah. yeah. Hands down. Yeah. I knew when I saw that headline, I knew that it had to be the car if it was coming from you. By the way, I have to ask you a question. I don't know if you saw the link that was posted by our former WGN engineer, Aubrey Mumpower, where he posted a shot of the dashboard of an older car. And this was back when the automotive, uh, where the uh, automatic shifter was PNDLR. So park neutral drive low reverse Mm. and i posted there i said does anybody know and i am now asking you this question tom does anybody know when that stopped being a thing what year that was and was that like a federal mandate or did the individual manufacturers as they retooled did they stop doing that because the whole idea and when I first started driving, I remember my dad told me, be very careful because low is right next to reverse. <laughs> the, um, I'm going to say, and I don't know this for sure, but I would guess and I would feel very confident in this guess, that the pernindle, as we now call it, 
That's actually a joke from Green Acres. Lisa Douglas was taking driver's ed. She referred to it as the pernindle. You're uh, right. <laughs> it will always be that now in my world, but go ahead. I sorry. I'm it sorry. should be, yeah. But I'm pretty sure that was standardized a long time ago, probably by law. It should be the same. Uh, just just for consistency's sake and for safety's sake. And I will look into that because I'm sure I'm sure there's a law that governs that and I don't know when it kicked in. But, but I, I remember very specifically when my dad was teaching me to drive down at Rainbow Beach in uh, one of his, I think it was like a 53 Buick Century or something like that. And I remember him telling me now, be very careful because it's P-N-D-L-R. So Loa's right next to reverse, which made no sense even at that no. point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just trying to find a picture that I saw the other day. It's the uh, wheel cover on the back of a Jeep, and on the wheel cover it says car protected by, and right underneath that is the diagram for manual shifting, meaning don't bother. If you don't know how to drive a yeah. shift, you're not go- <laughs> If you're only an automatic guy, you're not going to be able to drive Wasn't there thing. a story just within about the past week, uh, the, the car that was carjacked, and, the, and they got it about a half a block down the road and, and they realized it. it stick and they can't drive yeah. it so they jumped out of the car yeah I, I received an interesting email you guys of course know mark Bielik at the chicago mm-hmm. automobile trade association sure and they had recently uh he had responded to the article i wrote about what happened to me at walgreens and he had noted that electric cars seem to be largely immune from theft um, would-be thieves don't know what they're going to do with them. They wouldn't know how to charge them. Oh. And often charging them will give away their location. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they know that, they want to stay away from those. Yeah. Well, speaking so that's of- the new stick. If you don't want your car to be stolen, you don't <laughs> drive stick, buy electric. Go EV. Um, <laughs> speaking of thieves, I, I, uh, earlier this week I heard you talking about uh, catalytic converters are not as enticing to the bad guys as they've been for quite some time yeah luckily for everyone involved except for the bad guys the price of palladium and platinum both of them and those are used interchangeably almost interchangeably in in catalytic converters but that's why you steal them you want to harvest those metals Um, the value of those metals on on, on the free market have dropped by about half uh, so it's it's just not as profitable to be stealing catalytic converters now as it was a few months ago so if you've been painting your catalytic converter pink, or I think in our community, the police department was putting some kind of stamp on it. So if it was taken, that mm-hmm. you could track it somehow. Yep. Um, that's fascinating. And yet, I don't recall that being big news. But in my world, that's pretty big news. Sure. Yeah, and we're going to see stuff like this happen as we gradually move to electric vehicles, too, right? 7% of all the vehicles sold in the United States so far this year were um, were electric. So that's that much less palladium and platinum we need for catalytic converters. Mm -hmm. And speaking of electric vehicles, uh, we've been talking over the, the past couple months about the number of vehicles that are now using Tesla's charging system, and I believe the latest that just signed on this past week was Mercedes. Yeah, you've got, you know, let's let's see if we can do this in order now. It was Ford, General Motors, uh, Rivian, Mm -hmm. Volvo, and I believe Mercedes-Benz is on board, Uh, and I think there was one more. So, yeah, you've got a lot of manufacturers, a lot of brands 
that are going to, at the very least, make their vehicles Tesla compatible, and that the owners of those vehicles can charge at a Tesla station. So, so like Musk or hate him, but his electric vehicle charging system is becoming the default standard. Hmm. It's funny, because when he started having this conversation, when Ford first jumped online, people were sort of crying out that this isn't a standard, right? There isn't mm-hmm. really any agreed-upon protocols for this, but it is quickly becoming a standard, and it looks like the Society of Automotive Engineers is going to accept it as a standard. So what <laughs> if you say something enough times, apparently it becomes true. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you know, that is absolutely true. Uh, listener texts and says, where can I find this the, the, uh, article about cars on TV? So, oh, I've got a bunch of them. I will when we're when we're done tonight. I will post some on Facebook on the Consumer Guide Facebook page. Oh, great. Okay, good. We're talking with Tom Appel. Tom, we've got questions coming in for you too. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. You can ask your questions. You can text your questions for Tom. By the way, a listener said the Prindle joke was also on Mama's family when Mama was learning how to drive because it's a good joke. Sure, and I found good myself. Joke. This is how bad I am. When I um, came across the article about cool cars on television, I immediately thought about Jed Clampett. (laughs) I did. Because how many cars can you put a rocking chair in the back of it and you can ride around without a seatbelt? Does Jethro come with that rocking chair? Well, yes, and Ellie Mae, too. (laughs) That literally was the car that crossed my mind. Not as cool as the car that... Tom talked about. <laughs> Tom, sit tight. We'll take a break and we will okay. come back and we'll talk more cars and get into your questions at 312 981 Just before we leave the LA May conversation, mm-hmm. I read something on uh, just one of those things that popped up in my feed on Facebook. Uh, who was the actress who played Ellie May? Um, yes, she, Blonde. She co starred with Elvis in yes. one of his yes. movies. And apparently, after she made the movie with Elvis, I guess she went through a very bad time because she had had an affair with Elvis. She she took it seriously. What? He didn't. And she wound up having to move in with some friends who tried to talk her out of this oh, whole depression thing. I don't so need I, to hear I all mean, that. that's more about Ellie Mae than you I ever wanted know. to know, and more about <laughs> Elvis's affairs than you ever wanted to know. So I'll start talking about them, and we'll break for the news. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. One foot on the brake and one on the gas. That reminds me. As we get back to uh, Tom Appel, who is the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. I, I don't know if this happened. You you guys are probably much too young to remember this. But in, uh, in driver's ed class, which I did not take, but my dad taught me how to drive. But one of the things they would tell you back in the day was you have to use one foot for everything. You're not going to use two feet. You don't want to have one yeah. foot on the brake and one foot on the gas. <laughs> that sounds pretty good advice. Um, kind, of, kind of crazy if you're driving around with, unless you were accustomed to driving with clutch, wouldn't you be working both your feet then? Yeah, but you wouldn't have one foot on the brake and one Okay, on the I gas. don't know what I'm talking about. Never mind. Um, so. Tom Appel is our guest, and questions at 312-981-7200. Tom, a listener from 847 Area Code said, I bought a used Nissan Versa. A Versa uh-huh. Note, and it has a continuously variable transmission. Yeah. It feels jerky. Stop and start. Is that normal, Tom? Good question. 
It, it, it is. CVTs don't have what we call stepped gears, so there isn't a number of gears like six-speed or seven-speed or eight-speed. Instead, it's it's variable the whole time. Um, and there have been some reliability issues with those over the year, but usually with bigger engines than mm-hmm. in the Versa Note. And yes, here's the interesting thing about CVTs. My daughter owns a car with a CVT. She never experienced anything different, so she never thought it was weird. Mm-hmm. But drivers my age, maybe 30, 40 years old, who have driven other cars first, they think, they think that CVTs feel very weird. You get used to it over time, but yes, they can feel strange at low speed. Uh, that's odd because we've, as you have, we've road tested a number of cars with CVTs, and I never had a problem with them. I mean, maybe back in the early days of CVTs, but in more recent years, just never presented any but problem. But we always made a point in our reviews to, right. to specify that, in fact, it has a CVT because there are some people that just don't mm-hmm. want to have anything to do with them. No, and they make strange noise, too, because there isn't the satisfying shift at first and second as you're pulling away that people expect. Instead, the noise just keeps building to a a louder, higher crescendo. So Mm -hmm. that's a little foreign feeling, I think, to a lot of people coming from a traditional automatic. But but also, as we get into... uh Six, eight, nine, ten speed automatic transmissions, you don't feel a lot of those shifts because the manufacturers are making things to be much more seamless than they have been. Yeah, the nice thing, too, if you drive like a big General Motors truck, like a Silverado or something with a 10-speed automatic, the engine doesn't rev over a very broad range. It doesn't have to because there are 10 different gears, and Mm -hmm. and it can feel incredibly smooth because you're not feeling the engine go through uh, that transition, and it's great for fuel economy, too. Well, I have to ask, uh, what are you driving this week? Um, I am driving right now the Toyota Corolla Cross. Toyota is a little bit late to the subcompact crossover game, but now they're there. They came out with the Corolla Cross, I think, for 2021. It's a nice vehicle. It's a subcompact crossover. Unlike the CHR, which was a small thing they had that may have been a crossover, this is available with all-wheel drive. I'm driving the SE Hybrid which is fairly affordable, about $33,000 as equipped. Should be good for about 40 miles per gallon. Uh, Disappointing interior, a lot of hard plastic, Mm. but very nice on the highway. Hmm. Okay, well, that kind of leads into a question that a listener has about vehicles that are under $40,000. Would the new Buick Invista fall into that category, do you think, Tom? Probably, yeah. That's going to be a subcompact. It's going to slide underneath the Envision in their lineup, Mm -hmm. and they are going for a price point there, and I think that's going to start in the low 30s. Uh, Good-looking car should have a very nice interior. Hmm. Is that going to be later this year, uh, uh, 24? I believe that is a 2024. So, yes, we should see that probably this fall. Hmm. What's the story with the car that is featured in the new Barbie movie? It's, (laughs) It's one of the Chevys. And I heard conflicting reports. One said that uh, in spite of the great publicity with the new Barbie movie, all of a sudden General Motors had to pull back production on on the new Chevy. And then I heard another report saying, no, not true. They are going to be doing it. So you know anything about it? No, you caught me off guard. I don't know what car that is. So there's a new Chevy in the Barbie movie. 24 Chevy Blazer EVSS. Oh, okay. And there had been rumor that because of all of this publicity, it was going to be wildly popular. But then Chevy said, "Uh, we don't really have that many. And 
So there's kind of conflicting reports. I about think it. It, is that one of the vehicles that's being uh, produced in Mexico. No, that vehicle should be built in Spring Hill, Tennessee. That's part of the Altium family of new electric vehicles from General Motors. And the SS will be a high-performance version of the Blazer. Mm-hmm. And all of these Altium vehicles seem to be being pushed back. They're not building them quite yet. They've been trickling out the uh, the Cadillac Lyric. That new GMC Hummer is an Altium product. And for whatever reason, and GM hasn't come clean, they've produced very few of these yet. So mm-hmm. I think all of these things are going to be just six months, a year late. At Spring Hill, Tennessee, that used to be uh, the old Saturn plant. Yes, great memory. Yes, it is. That's mm-hmm. the Saturn plant. That is their new electric vehicle plant. So they're going to build the the Blazer there. I think they're going to build the uh, um, the small Chevy, the... Um, Oh, I'll think of it in just a second. But also the new vehicles that GM is going to build with Acura and Honda will be built there as well. And what can you tell me about some of the rumors that, uh, and I, this may be Pontiac loyalists, uh, but uh, some rumors that uh, GM may be thinking about reviving Pontiac, or are they just doing some uh, some uh, project vehicles and calling them Pontiac or calling them whatever? Probably isn't room in the General Motors portfolio for another brand. Pontiac is a pretty beloved name, and it still has a lot of blue sky to it. I think a lot of people remember it very fondly, but I can't see them bringing it back for any reason right now. Um, they've got a lot of stuff going on with Chevy and Buick, and they really want to build the Buick portfolio, too, so I, I doubt it. But now the Buick portfolio is uh, going to be all uh, sport youths, right? No cars? and all electric very soon. Hmm. I'm going to take you back to the Barbie movie for a moment. <laughs> Buckle up. A demand for the pink Chevrolet is supposed to skyrocket. <laughs> and all vehicles available in pink. Now, they're banking on this movie being a huge blockbuster. Uh, the only pink vehicle that I ever thought was cool was Elvis's pink Cadillac. Well, I rather like the Mary Kay Cosmetics when you you got a pink Cadillac. That was that was pretty cool, but you had to sell a lot of makeup to get that. But can you imagine a demand for pink vehicles based well, there on a, There is a pink Corvette in the movie. Yeah, they say well there's there's already demand for the pink Corvette and the movie's not even out yet. So mm. s- some people who look at pop culture says buckle up there's going to be a demand for all vehicles available in pink. I don't think that's going to happen. I I think the movie's probably going to make money but mark my word, I don't think it's going to be like Mission Impossible kind of money it's going to be making, but we'll see. I just had a horrible thought. The, the, the car in the movie is a 1956 Corvette, pink with a white cove yes. yeah. half of the front wheels. If you're familiar with Corvette two-tone paint jobs, it would it would make me very sad if a lot of 56 Corvettes were suddenly painted pink. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but my fantasy car from the 50s would be a turquoise. You know what? See, right. Thunderbird. have to be a turquoise Thunderbird with white leather interior and white sidewalls. Oh, my gosh. I'll pass on the pink Corvette any day of the week for that car. <laughs> Bob Fukuda just stuck his head in here and said, you know who used to drive a Thunderbird? A blue one. A blue one. With electric windows. Bill Vec. And parked it on the street, Bob said. <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking about Larry Schreiner, who used to go... 
to cover stories. And, Tom, you remember Larry Schreiner, street reporter. I do. He drove a Mercedes, uh, what was it? It was a a boat. uh, 300D wagon. Yes, yes, yes. And he had had his videotape duplicating equipment set up in the back seat of that Mercedes. Because for for people who don't know, this was back in the day when when Johnny and I first joined uh, WGN, uh, roughly 1985-ish. And Larry Schreiner was the guy who would be out all night long covering any crime in the city of Chicago and making videotapes that he would then drop off at all of the Chicago television stations Mm -hmm. for whatever morning news stuff um, that had happened on the streets overnight. And he would have a wad of cash in his pocket because he would go to crime scenes and pay people to watch his car on the street. Mm-hmm. He would find a couple of guys just he standing would, around. He said he and, would pick out the, uh, the some of the meanest looking guys yes. and say, here, okay, you want to get uh, 50 bucks? Watch my, my car. My car needs to be here when I come back. <laughs> And I don't think he ever had a problem. I think his no. car was always there when he came back. I never knew that part of the story. That's isn't, awesome. Isn't that crazy? But he had this, <laughs> literally, in the back seat of his car, he had tape duplicating equipment. And this was, remember, this was during a time, too, where he was carrying a camera on his shoulder, mm-hmm. a ginormous piece of equipment. Yep. And just think how things have changed today. And so that piece of equipment probably would be the cost of a car back then. So... A lot of guys couldn't just decide to do this on a whim mm-hmm. because you had to have the investment of the equipment, and that's why he drove around in that. It, it was like a tank that Mercedes was. Yes. <laughs> As I mentioned, Tom Appel is the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, and Tom, I'm looking around your website, uh, which is consumerguide.com, and some of the test drives you have, uh, the uh, 2023 Range Rover Sport SE, 2023 Lexus IS500F Sport, the BMW X1, Toyota BZ4XLE. I wish they would start going back to names. Yeah, the Toyota really cursed us with BZ4X, and apparently that's going to be the nomenclature applied to all their electric vehicles moving forward. So we have to get used to this BZ thing, and and I don't want to get used to it because I'm I'm pretty much forgetting it every time I need to remember the name of that car. I like Buick's idea of Electra, yeah, which is bringing great. bringing back an old Buick nameplate, mm-hmm. but applying it to their electric vehicles. But do we know what BZ stands for? It stands for Beyond Zero. No. (laughs) No. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I only report the news. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Um... Speaking of stuff that's on your website, a listener on Facebook wants you to talk about the Lariat, and I guess you got a nice piece on that little Lariat. Is that a small pickup truck? Yeah, that is the the Ford Maverick Lariat. That's a top trim level, uh, and this particular version was the hybrid. But the, this is the new subcompact pickup truck from Ford that launched right around the time we got into trouble with the supply chain at the beginning of COVID or in the middle of COVID. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and and they just Ford did not build enough of these things. And people loved them. They wanted them. They started at twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and they were cool looking, and they're very functional. 
Um, but they're much smaller and, uh, and more efficient and affordable than big pickups. And uh, unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of money for Ford to make on a $20,000 pickup truck when they were limited by supply chain capacity issues. Mm-hmm. So they just didn't build any. So for two years after the launch of this vehicle, you really couldn't get a Maverick. But they're available now. They have raised the prices significantly. They're more like 25000 starting now mm. instead of twenty. But that's still actually a pretty good deal for a nice little truck. Speaking of supply chain issues, I follow a number of automotive manufacturers and Facebook and various social media sites, and every single day people are complaining about the time it's taking for them to get the vehicles that they have yeah. ordered. Is this, Are we still dealing with a supply chain problem, or are the manufacturers playing catch-up, or, or where are we at right now? The, the interesting stories about the supply chain and day supply of vehicles just this past week. Uh, and the supply of vehicles has risen to about 40 days, which is getting close to normal. So the normal is usually about 65 days, but, but it's so much better than it was before. The thing is, it's very selective. Some cars you cannot get. Genesis models are very popular now. They're hard to find. But other vehicles are, are falling in. You're, you're starting to finally see Toyotas on Toyota lots. Toyota was hit very hard by the supply chain issues. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Hondas, and Hondas are starting to show up, too. Um, but if you're looking for a big pickup truck, lots of them out there. If you're looking for a minivan, they seem to be out there, so that's good, too. Um, and sedans. Like, if you're looking for a mid-size sedan, not as popular as they used to be, but those seem to be on hand as well. You mentioned uh, Toyota a few minutes ago. Is the Camry still as hot as it was pre-COVID? No. Uh, and and that's, this is less about COVID and just more about changing tastes. Mm-hmm. The, for years and years and years, the Camry was the best-selling car in America. Yeah. And it would sell close to 400,000 units. That's been replaced by the Toyota RAV4. Uh, so compact crossovers have largely replaced midsize sedans. And that happened at Honda, where the CRV sort of replaced the Accord. Happened at Chevy, too, where the uh, the Equinox is selling better than... Well, they don't sell sedans anymore, so that's sort of irrelevant. But hmm. Wow. I, w- I would yeah. not have guessed that, uh, that the, the RAV was more popular than the Camry, even, even today. Yeah. 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 Incredibly popular. About 400,000 units a year. Wow. I want to take you in a completely different direction. Uh, Johnny and I have been talking uh, off the air about a story about crash test dummies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how there is now a movement in the automotive industry to uh, see if we can get crash test dummies that replicate the female experience. Right. All crash test dummies are apparently male, right, Tom? Um, the ones that are, this is a great question, and the answer is complicated. The crash test dummies that are used by the, the, by NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, are male, and it's basically a 50th percentile male. That's what's used by NHTSA. Now, if you go to the IIHS, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, they use a 50th percentile male and a fifth, a fifth percentile female on the small side. So they have broader coverage. But the issue is that the government itself and its testing uh, is using one particular dummy size for a very broad range of testing. Mm-hmm. And obviously that limits uh, the effectiveness of that data for, for smaller women and larger men and the, the uh, elderly. 
So there was a movement, and this was uh, Johnny, you had shared an article with me by a woman who had been injured in a car crash. Mm -hmm. But uh, going further than that, the General Accounting Office, which I've never known, been known uh, to do its own research, they're a function, they're actually um, in the legislative branch, they work for Congress, uh, did a study and have determined, um, the GAO has determined that NHTSA should probably be including a broader range of dummies in their testing. And apparently NHTSA knows this and has been unresponsive to pressure to change its testing procedures. And there's a bunch of reasons for that. Their testing procedures are very expensive. They have data that's based on what they've been doing for a very long period of time. And I can see why they'd be reluctant. And, and it, it's a question of expediency, too. Uh, this is changing is expensive, and these dummies are incredibly expensive. Yeah. They run about a million dollars a piece. Wow. Yeah, they're just filled with sensors and things. They're incredibly high-tech. Yeah. So, and isn't one of the problems, too, that the very definition of how they're being used in a crash, so chances are when this crash has been experienced, the dummy is now damaged and needs to be replaced or repaired. I looked for numbers on that, and I did not find numbers. But, yeah, that, that logically they would probably have to replace these very often adding to the, to the cost. Now, I went into some manufacturers. The only one I could find information for is General Motors, in its own internal testing, uses what they call a family of dummies. And I watched a video. Mm. They didn't say how many, but it looked like they had at least a dozen different dummy sizes. So the manufacturers themselves um, seem to be testing over a broader range. But the information that we get from the two leading reporting uh, agencies on crash tests, NHTSA and the IIHS, li- their reports are limited to just two dummy sizes. It, it isn't one of the problems, even if you have a General Motors using their own crash test dummies, the only crash test results that are used for statistical presentation are those from NHTSA or uh, IHS. I, I don't know that any individual manufacturer's crash test results are are used uh, to make changes, make change, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. That, no manufacturer self-reports their own cross test data. So, yeah, we're limited. We're getting everything funneled through this fairly limited um, data source, and 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 that's kind of a shame. Additionally, manufacturers will tweak, you know, to to pass their tests, and if their tests are limited, we may not see as effective crash resiliency mm-hmm. as if they were testing for a broader range of stuff. What do you mean they will tweak to pass their tests? Um, what, what I mean by that is, is that obviously you want to get a five-star result or an excellent result, and, and you're going to build out your car to pass those particular tests better. So you have a base car, but Ford, for example, knew that on the F-150, the government was only going to test it. It's, it's small, uh, what do they call it, small um, in-step test um, uh, on one side of the truck. I'm going to ask you to hold your thought. Uh, can you sure, hang with us sure. for a couple minutes? Uh, we'll break for news. More coming up. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Speaking of pink cars, a uh, text from uh, 630. One of the most well-known pink cars was a 1969 AMC AMX given to Angela Doria, the 1969 Playmate, uh, Playboy Playmate of the Year. She painted it black because she would always be approached at stoplights to sign her Playmate of the Year (laughs) issue. She's in prison for shooting someone. A car collector discovered her car in an impoundment area and has now restored it back to original. Wow. So, 
just amazed that guys are riding around with a Playboy magazine waiting to run into her so they could get a, an autograph. That's I guess weird. if they knew that she lived in that area and she had that pink yeah. AMX. I always liked the AMX. Uh, we're talking with Tom Appel, a publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Tom, were you an AMX fan? I always thought it was kind of a cool car. The AMX is kind of a strange car because it was a javelin with like about a foot of wheelbase lopped off. Mm-hmm. And, and this was their answer to creating a sports car. AMC never had money to develop anything. Uh, American Motors didn't. So so they were always doing things like that. And it was surprisingly effective. And I think that the AMX looks great. And wasn't uh, that... Uh, was that back in the day when I think it was uh, Dick Teague was the stylist from uh, American Motors? Indeed, yeah. Dick Teague would have been responsible for that, and the AMX would go on to have uh, some good success on the track, too. And we'd been talking about the uh, uh, crash test dummies before we broke for the news. Right, right. Um, and a couple of people are saying, what? Uh, the American government, uh, our government, uh, only crash test cars with... They say say in the statistics, Tom, accurate male dummies. Does that just mean like the standard height and weight of most men? That's how the crash test dummy looks? Is that what, what they mean when they describe it as the accurate male dummy? I think if they're looking for like a median point in, in the size mm-hmm. class, the size of all American drivers, I think the 50th percentile male is probably pretty close to there. And if they okay. could only pick one, that's what they did. And and this is probably more a crawl to better fund uh, NHTSA than it is some failing on their part, because obviously they're limited by resources. Right. Um, but this is going to be complicated. If, if, in fact, they do expand this testing and do include dummies of different size classes, I think that... It's going to be a fairly comprehensive thing they're going to have to do, and it would involve upstaffing and, and, and doing more with the statistics. The other thing that's missing, too, from their crash test dummies is sensors in the legs of the dummies, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I believe NHTSA has I'm sorry, IIH has them, and I know that General Motors does. Okay. But wouldn't you think if they were paying attention at all just to sales, they would have taken a look at the number of automotive sales that are A, determined by women, B, the number of women who are not driving sport utility vehicles. And statistics that say that 17%, that women are 17% more likely to be killed in a crash than men. Now, that may not be like an earth-shattering figure for you, but they also say that 73% uh, women are 73% more likely to be severely injured in a crash than men. So this movement is to get this whole business addressed so that cars are safer for women. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I put on our Facebook page a petition that's being circulated to ask the government to please set aside the money so that these crash test dummies can be made that better represent everyone so that would mean female crash test dummies and tom a listener writes and says i thought using female and crash test dummies had started a few years back though the back seat seat belt of my son's wrangler would actually fracture my windpipe in a collision Mm. so again because of her stature another listener texts on our facebook page and says are all gas pedals adjustable? Because as a short person, that's what matters to her, getting away from the airbag. Well, and and for years, Jill Simonillo has been uh, talking about that. Because, uh, Jill, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Jill is uh, one of Tom's uh, compatriots. 
and uh, also has been a member of the Midwest Automotive Media Association for years, and uh, she has umpteen titles, but she is a diminutive person, and for years have been saying, what about small fee persons and trying to reach the the pedals and getting too close to airbags and stuff like that? Yeah, the airbag situation is interesting, and there isn't an easy resolution for it. We might remember that in the really early days of airbags, there were some situations where uh, drivers were killed by the airbag in the case of a, of a an accident. It wasn't common, and airbags were doing more good than they were doing bad, but ultimately they had to be depowered. Um, somewhat, and, and it was never clear if depowering the airbags hmm. resulted in, in greater injuries in other scenarios, but, but ultimately there, that was a problem, and part of the reason that ch- kids, children are, are, are now being moved to the back seat or have been moved to the back seat is because of the power of the airbag deployment, mm-hmm. so you didn't want uh, children to face those, but the airbag situation is tricky, and you're not supposed to be too close to it. But if you are five foot two, or five foot one, or five foot, you're going to be very close to the steering wheel, and there's not much you can do about it. And all gas pedals are not adjustable. There's no secret no. button that mm-hmm. you can use. Some th- that may be a feature on your car, right? Right. You used to see it more, and you used to see it on large vehicles, like a Ford Expedition or something right. like that, because those were especially challenging for, for people who were shorter or smaller. But increasingly, I, I can't remember the last car I saw that had adjustable pellets. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I, I, you know, as a person that's five foot ten, I've never dealt with that, but I can certainly understand fear of being so close to the mm-hmm. airbag. I don't care what power the airbag has to it. We used to say you're supposed to take a piece of of a paper, um, eight by ten piece of paper, and put it between your put chest, it lengthwise, yeah, and between your chest and, and it, the steering wheel. At least that much space between yeah. your chest and the steering wheel. But that was probably back in the days when we were supposed to have our hands at 10 and 2, right? Yeah. And, and the other part of that is make sure you're wearing your seatbelt. Now, the, yes. the, yeah. the noise that a car makes if you're not wearing your seatbelt is now officially so annoying that people do, which is good, <laughs> because you don't want to be moving forward towards the airbag as the airbag's coming towards you. Yeah. Uh, they work so much more effectively if you're belted. Okay, a quick break. Come back. We're going to take just a, a couple of loose ends, tie them up with Tom Appel, who's nice enough to join us a couple times a month here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. One of my all-time favorite 50s instrumentals, the duels in Stick Shift. <sighs> yeah. that's that. But that, that was one of those songs, Tom, that any time I would play it, it, I don't know what the, the relationship was between the radio and the pedal, but the, the car would increase by uh, about 10 miles uh, yes, an hour. Yes, officer, it happens, and I have no control over it. Uh, 815 area code says, in 1975, we were taught left foot braking in 1975. Oh. So when I got a stick shift, it was hard to change to right foot braking. That doesn't seem that long ago. <laughs> No. Um, just some final thoughts from you. Again, if you have any interest in, at all in looking into more about this whole business of crash test dummies. And you should. Uh, you can read about it on our Facebook page, and there's even a petition that's being circulated. Uh, and that makes it all sound real simple, but as you pointed out, Tom, this is a very costly undertaking. Nothing that $20, 25000000 is going to cure, right? 
No, no. I mean, this is a system that's been in place, and it's served us well, and I don't think anyone is exactly at fault, mm-hmm. but the system does need to be updated. We've gotten to a point where cars are safer now, and we can do more. And it's going to take legislation, and it's going to take some federal money, but the testing should be improved. Well, just before we let you get out of here, uh, Mike jumped in, and uh, he has a quick question. Uh, Mike, you had a question about uh, the Dodge Demon? Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey, did you like it? <laughs> I, had a, I had a 340, a four-speed. Mm-hmm. What a great car. I loved it. Tom, what did well, you the only, th- the only Demon I ever drove was the current generation Demon, which is based on Chrysler's LX architecture. And that was a delight to drive, but it was all sorts of fast and silly. Uh, but I, I never drove an old-school original Demon with a 340. And I've, I never drove a car with a 340 at all, so I feel like I missed out on something because that engine famously loved to rev. I just love your assessment. Fast and silly. <laughs> yeah. But by the way, are the are a lot of the uh, the Chrysler vehicles or Stellantis vehicles going to be collectibles from this year? Since this is really going to be the last year that you get anything from Stellantis that isn't an electric powered vehicle. I, I don't know how collectible they'll be, not because they're not good and not because they're not interesting, but Chrysler, uh, Stellantis, FCA, uh, sold an awful lot of Challengers and Chargers, and a lot of them were special editions, and there are so many different special editions that I think they all kind of cancel each other out. There might be a select few in there that might be kind of collectible, but they made really, really fast kind of a commodity thing, and it was so accessible that, that they're everywhere. Hmm. With these big honking, what well, what is the average uh, with a Hemi engine uh, in those things this year? Is it like seven hundred horsepower or something? Yeah, like the base Hellcat was a, a supercharged six point two liter engine, and and that started at seven hundred and seven horsepower, and then got those way over eight hundred by the time the run uh, run ended. And that is a good name for a car. If yeah. you're going to have over 700 horsepower, you are a Hellcat. Yep. You know, none of this <laughs> alpha. And the badge is great. Yes, it is. You're right. Well, what's on your radar, Tom? Uh, what are you going to be driving? Uh, any things that we should be looking out for? It's funny you're talking about that. I'll be driving the Dodge Durango RT392, uh, which is packed full of 6.4 liters of really big V8. That also is sort of an end-of-run thing, too, but I have that coming next week. And then the car that I was at Walgreens with, going back to the original conversation, was interesting. This was Lexus's first all-electric vehicle, and it's got everything going for it but range. Uh, really, it's just a classic. It's the RZ450E, delightful vehicle, beautiful inside, great on the highway, all sorts of power. Sadly, only about 200 miles of range. Speaking of range, what what was the story, and I'm sorry we didn't get to it earlier, but there was some story about uh, some hackers figuring out a way to get into the electric batteries and get more range. Of, um, I think you know the story I'm talking about, Tom. Yeah, there was a while where Tesla was selling vehicles with the 100-kilowatt-hour battery, and I think this is mostly the Model S, but they would sell it with just 80 kilowatts. So you only had access to that. And then later on, if you wanted to, you could buy your way up and pick up those extra 20 kilowatts, 20 kilowatt hours of energy uh, for charging, uh, but you had to pay for it. Hmm. But it seemed like people figured out how to get that extra 20 without having to pay for it, and there you have it, free, free battery range.
<laughs> I don't know. That just makes me smile. I mean, you buy the car and then you have to pay more. Uh, what well, what would the difference in range be? Like from from what miles to what miles? Um, it would have been significant. I'm trying to remember because Tesla offered the S at the time in between like a 75 and 80 kilowatt, and then there was like a 90 and 100. And I think the range would have gone from maybe like 280 to maybe 330 or 40. Oh. It was significant. Yeah. yeah. Range. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Well, as always, a pleasure talking with you. And people can catch your podcast. Tell us all about it. Uh, the Consumer Guide Car Stuff podcast is live every Tuesday morning. And uh, this week, uh, we have uh, Jenny Newman of Cars.com on the show to talk about the American-made index. So we'll be talking about the cars that are most American hmm. that you can buy right now. Wow. Are, would I be correct in assuming that most of them are electric vehicles? And it, and isn't isn't Tesla right at the top of that? The top four spaces are taken by Tesla. Um, <gasps> so the Model S, the Model Y, the Model X, and the Model 3 wow. all are incredibly American. Wow. Again, I would have lost, you know, this game show, I'm a sore, bad loser, (laughs) left and right. Tom, again, thank you so much for your time tonight. It's always a pleasure catching up with you. Oh, pleasure was mine. Thanks, guys. You take care. Talk to you soon. That's Tom Appel. He is the the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, and you can go to consumerguide.com. You can also follow Tom on Twitter. It's uh, car underscore guy. Tom, mm-hmm. at uh, I think there may be some other underscores there, but uh, oh, we didn't even ask him if he's gone over to Threads. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you hear uh, uh, John Williams on uh, Mincing Rascals this evening? And he went out on a limb and predicted that Twitter would be gone by Christmas. I don't know if it'll be gone, but I think it's going to be severely, severely yeah. damaged. Uh, well, I, I wonder what the uh, the threads total is at this point because it was at the end of last weekend it was a hundred million, mm-hmm. and which was very impressive. I mean, it, it launched earlier than it should have. All the bugs weren't mm-hmm. worked out, and you know all of the the the, the whiz bang things that we're told will come down the line, not there. And contrary to a story in the Chicago Tribune which really surprised me, Threads was not, at launch time, available all over the world. Mm -hmm. In this country, yes, but there's still some problems with various regulations in Europe. So Mm -hmm. whenever that is taken care of, that will lead to more subscribers. But uh, I would assume at this point they've got to be close to at least 150 million. Were you very active on it this past week? The first full week with kind friends? of yeah. yeah. I, 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 I check it, it out uh, at least every day. I literally forgot about it until I heard someone talking on the radio about it on Threads, and I was like, oh. And I still maintain going back to names of cars and those that are good and those that just don't work. Mm-hmm. That in my world is the worst possible name for why? It Threads is stupid. It just doesn't say what... But it's a conversational thread. It's... Uh, no. So according to what I'm seeing, they're at about 112 million users currently. Mm. That's not I a, thought it would have jumped up. Yeah, it's not a big bump. Yeah. yeah it kind of plateaued a bit. Yeah, because I think, Steve, you were thinking maybe 150. I, I thought it would be 150 by Last, this past Monday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Julian, are you on threads? No, I, I, I don't know. do the whole social media thing. I have nothing to say, really. <laughs> I, my photography speaks for itself. <laughs> 
what Instagram is where photographers take their work. Yeah. Right? So then what does threads have have to offer me? More conversation. <laughs> More threads. They, I, I guess the, the simple thing is Instagram is more pictures. Threads, Threads is, is more, more conversation. conversation. I still that's, you, that's the only thing that I don't like about Instagram. Everything has to be a picture or a video. I just joined this week or mm-hmm. last week or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I wish we could do more regular posting. I mean, I get the differences, but sometimes you sometimes I just boggle my mind thinking, okay, well, what can I what what can I post as a picture just so I can put something out there? Yeah, but on Threads you don't have to have the picture, so that's just it. Yeah. Now that you're on Instagram, you are have you on it. Threads yet, Gabe? I am. I am on Threads as well. The only thing that bothers me with that is I can only access it through my phone. I can't do it on a, on a computer yet. Right. A- and apparently that uh, has to do with the fact that they uh, they launched it before they were really ready. Ready. Mm-hmm. But but even if you notice on Instagram, you can only do some things on your computer. Most of the Instagram posts have to be from your phone, too. Yeah, because if, unless you have a uh, computer, I mean, a picture or video to upload, you're pretty much just stuck with your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that is the voice of Gabe, and we're going to take a quick break and get you up to date on news with him here on WGN. Sounds like my growling stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take you guys back to food, thanks to some texts that have come in. Okay. Some folks were not thanking us for our conversation on the subject of food because they, of course, got hungry Mm -hmm. and had to go heat up a sweet potato or find something in the kitchen that they could nosh on. One of our listeners had to scratch around in their glove box to find something to eat. I understand that because during the break, that's what we've been doing, scratching around looking for stuff. We're so hungry now. (laughs) But let me ask you, Gabe. You recently watched some Guy Fieri, so you may know. You're not Gabe. You're Julian. Sorry, I'm looking at you and Gabe at the same time. Um, you watched some Guy Fieri. Um, yes, Dives, Drive and Dives. Yep. Do you recall if he talked about the horseshoe sandwich? Mm, I I don't remember. Do you know the horseshoe sandwich? Should I? Do you know that it is so big in the state of Illinois? They may even put it on the new Illinois flag. Really? I have never ever. I don't know this. Just a couple of seconds ago, Johnny asked me this, and in my almost 80 years on this planet, this is the first I know. time I have ever heard of a horseshoe, horseshoe sandwich. sandwich. Has nothing to do with a horse. Not horseradish. No, no. I, I, okay, I, I'm, I'm baffled by this because I said... I guess something disparagingly um, disparagingly disparaging. Yes, about the uh, food. Hey, I'm hungry and I have a headache, so give me a break. Uh, about the food at the Illinois State Fair. Yeah, it was pointed out to me that where else can you get the fabulous horseshoe sandwich? And I'm like, that what? So I looked it up, and while Chicago has its hot dogs, pizza, and Italian beef, the capital of Illinois has a signature item that locals take pride in. The horseshoe is an open-faced sandwich created in the 20s, the 1920s, at the Leland Hotel. It's a messy plate of French fries, which are supposed to be like the nails in the horseshoe. And a horseshoe-shaped slice of ham or hamburger smothered in a cheese sauce. And I guess back in the day, it was a Welsh rarebit. 
cheese sauce. And then it's served over toast, or nowadays at the fair, you can get it on a bun. So it'd be a hamburger patty mm-hmm. on a bun with the fries and the cheese. And you got to eat it with a fork because it's really yeah. messy. And you eat it, as it says here, even if you're not hungover, you eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Horseshoes are hard to find unless you are in Illinois. What? But, you know, I, I get the first part of what you read. Yeah. That it's a local thing to southern Illinois. Okay. Central Illinois, uh, uh, yeah. Central Illinois. Okay. That I yeah. will I will buy. Well, I won't buy it, but I'll understand right, it. Right, But to say it should be on the state flag? I mean, it's... Huh? It's... Symbol- what? You know, it's... Hmm? Oh, yeah. Well, that may be from a listener in Springfield who has a horseshoe sandwich booth at the illinois state fair i know i was unfair but again i was comparing the foods available at the Mm -hmm. iowa state fair and the wisconsin state fair which is really impressive because in wisconsin you can get alligator ribs alligator ribs you can get deep fried garlic gator toes or not toes deep fried there's no part of that that sounds good Mm -mm. to me And I like garlic, but that just doesn't do it to me. You can get deep-fried red-hot ice cream in Wisconsin. Well, that could maybe be interesting. Dill pickle corn dog on a stick. Hello. A dill pickle donut. Yes. Started as an April Fool's joke, and it took off the dill pickle donut, frosted with a dill pickle juice, a whipped cream cheese, and topped with a thick-cut dill pickle. That does sound good, the cream cheese and the... Yeah. Pardon me, while Dill pickle fudge. Come on, Illinois. Get with the program. Dill pickle fudge. That yes. is really interesting. Did you see the Flamin' Hot Cheetos chocolate bark? Oh, do you like Flamin' Hot Cheetos? I'm a fan. I'm Me too. Yeah. Mm. Uh, let's see. The Ferris Mule, <laughs> instead of Ferris Buell, it's a non-alcoholic <laughs> mule crafted with fresh blackberries, ginger beer, freshly squeezed lime juice, and agave nectar, hand-shaken. See, that's all very smart. Yeah, the Flaming Hot Cheetos chocolate bark. That's speaking to me. Flaming Hot Cheetos. I saw them one time. I know. <laughs> Grape lemonade seems wrong, just as green apple lemonade. Yeah. It seems like an oxymoron. High Seas Blue Lagoon, Hot House Chicken Nuggets. Again, it goes on and on. So I guess I've been unfair to the state of Illinois because you could get the cozy dog, the corn dog. Mm-hmm. You can get big old ears of corn. You mm-hmm. can get lemonade shakeups, but you can't get things like pickle fudge. <laughs> and And... You can get a horseshoe sandwich, and I have my my bias against the Illinois State Fair. Anyway, I was scarred as a child. I was an eight year old accordion player, and I had to attend the Illinois State Fair in August. I think it was a hundred and three that day. I'm not exaggerating, and I think we were those of us that were performing at the Illinois State Fair wore wool skirts to give you an idea of just of how, how miserable it was. And they were navy blue. And how were you picked to perform? I'm not sure. Just how bad we had to be to get picked to perform at the <laughs> Illinois State Fair. But I was, 
And even though I have horrible memories of that experience because I was performing for then Governor Otto Kerner, who was, isn't he in history, is one of the most corrupt? Yes, politicians yeah, in the state of I Illinois. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that would have been 62, 63. That sounds about I right. I was seven or eight years yeah. old and playing the accordion. I cried all the way through the William Tell Overture as I was playing it for the governor. I cried because I looked in the crowd and my white blouse was just stuck to my back because it was so hot. I mean, it was hot in this tent. He was wearing a suit, though. I remember that. He had a full suit on. And I looked out on the crowd and I didn't see my mom and dad. And I knew that they were off riding a Ferris wheel Mm -hmm. and eating a cozy dog and (laughs) and having fun while I was there holding this ginormous blue pearl accordion. So I cried all the way through the song and I won a blue ribbon. I think it's because I cried. Because of the emotion that you (laughs) brought to the event. so darn emotional, yes. So that's why, (laughs) forgive me for not being so kind Mm -hmm. to the Illinois State Fair, but I've got baggage. And if you want to do an internet search, you can find how Johnny finally got rid of that baggage at Tornado Aid when we were on the stage of the Rialto Square Theater Mm -hmm. in Joliet, and I was singing and playing Johnny Be Good, and at the end of the song where the chorus goes, Go Johnny Go, Johnny had this accordion, and she walked to the front of the stage and dramatically took off the accordion and did a Jimi Hendrix burning the accordion on the stage of the Rialto Square Theater. I soaked the bellows with lighter fluid that I had in my back pocket, and I took out a big match, a fireplace match, and I struck it on the bottom of my boot, and I lit that sucker, mm-hmm. and the crowd went wild. Yeah. And sadly... And they, they started chanting, burn it, burn yeah, it, burn it. I, <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I'm bummed by the fact that the audience wasn't mic'd because the, you don't hear them chanting, yeah. burn it, burn it, burn it. But they did. And I was crazy excited. And I kind of thought I purged myself of those demons, but maybe not because I can't talk about hey, the fair. Hey, hey, yeah, wow. you know what? Did, yes. did you see the lights flick? Yes. Lights are flicking. I know. That, I, I hear. That, that means only one thing. It's time for last call. Oh, I thought you meant it's time now for the guy to start uh, polishing the floor. Well, that. With a Zamboni. Yeah. <laughs> That's a last call. Uh, he's going to polish the floor with a Zamboni, and they're flickering the lights. So if you would like to be our last caller, 312-981-7200. That number again, 312-981-7200. You can be the cherry on our cake. You can be the the, the, the toes of our gator. You can be the. Don't, aren't you intrigued by that? Gator you can toe? be the horseshoe in our sandwich, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or the nail, so, the nail in our coffin. However, you want to look at oh, it. Oh, speaking of nails, what? Mm. The strangest story this week. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll tell you. We have to take a break. Okay. But then I will tell you a strange story. All right. So if you want to be the, the last call, 312-981-7200, you win some goodies from our prize list, and that's coming up. Yeah, they're flicking the yep. lights. Losing time. Losing time. Yep, and they're, they're warming up the Zamboni. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go home. 
Well, you kind of do. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you want to have French toast. So, so do you want? Uh, do we do our uh, our last call, or do you want my uh, strange story? All right, first? lay it on me real quick. Okay. And then we'll get to our last caller. Uh, did you hear the story about the birds? And I forget where this is. You know how some buildings have like spikes and things to keep birds away? Okay. Birds have taken the spikes and they're using them to build their own nests to oh. protect their own nests. <gasps> oh. Now, I don't really know how these birds were able to do this, but. <laughs> they got little saws and they. Sh- and, and apparently, the, 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 in one of the nests, they've got a bunch of these spikes that they're trying to protect oh. themselves against other birds. And I'm trying to figure how the heck does a bird get. If these spikes are trying to keep the birds away. How smart How are they? Did the, uh, and it was mostly crows and... Oh, crows um, are the smartest. And what's the other? It's uh, like, a, uh, uh, like a crow cousin or something. <laughs> <laughs> Raven? Raven? No, n- n- never more. A vulture? Uh, <laughs> a penguin? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know where this was, but, but it, it, it was a news story that this a couple That's days ago. Sweet, but it's really sad. That's a lot of hard work. It has to be crows, smartest animals in. Oh, absolutely, smartest birds. If you ever get the chance, uh, if it's not rerun, look up. There was a wonderful. It was a PBS, PBS. documentary. The murder uh, several, of. A murder of crows. A murder of crows, because a group of crows is called a murder. Yeah. And it's very scientific about how mm-hmm. they recognize faces, and scientists have actually worn masks to try to trick them. I mean, it's a great piece. You will have new appreciation for those shiny black birds that you probably hate. And after you watch this, you'll you'll realize how smart they are. Okay. But that has nothing to do with our last caller. And uh, by the way, I think I was a crow in my last lifetime because I can't I can't see a piece of jewelry that I don't want. I was like, mine, <laughs> that's your excuse. Mine. Give me that. After all these years, <laughs> yes. that's your excuse. I was a crow. <laughs> yes. OK, my, my blood sugar is tanking. So. <laughs> OK, last caller. We got stuff to give away. Yeah. And uh, I think you picked last week, so, so I'm pick. picking this week, uh, and uh, I'm going to go with uh, number one. Oh, line original number one. Yeah. Okay, line one, and that would be Lori. Hi, Lori. Where are you calling from? Hey, Steve. How you doing? North side of Chicago. Well, hi, Lori. And why are hi, you up Daddy, at this hour? How you doing? Good, thank you. Why are you up at this hour? Watch how tall are you? How tall you are, Johnny? You'll get a crow in your hair. <laughs> <laughs> I get a crow in my hair. You've obviously been listening. You're good. You're oh, taking notes. That's funny. Yes. You know, Johnny, you ought to imitate because I've never heard one. A whippoorwill. I wouldn't know how to begin. I'll work on that for next week's show, Lori. You should. I you will. Absolutely should. I mean, I am so talented having played the accordion. Don't they do kind of a. <laughs> I have no idea. Something like that. I have, why were you thinking of a whippoorwill? I can't even say because it. Because I met a girl ages ago that she used to be from Austin, Texas. Yeah. And she said she couldn't whistle. 
because he couldn't imitate a whippoorwill. And if you can't do it, Johnny, you ought to get in touch with Pat Boone and see if he can imitate one. <laughs> I have because no idea where this conversation is. The trail of that is the strangest transition. The trail of breadcrumbs that you're leaving us, Lori, is is, is, <laughs> is fascinating. It's, yeah, but tell me something, Lori. What are you eating and drinking at this hour of the night? I had a piece of cheesecake and I had some tea. Just tea. Was there anything in the tea? Really? No. I don't have any sugar. So I I didn't buy any from Walgreens. (laughs) Oh, you're fun, Lori. Probably. Yes, you're you're lots of fun. You you are the either the the cherry on the the top of this cake or the nail in our coffin. We'll find out. Or the crow on the top of the cake and the coffin. <laughs> I have no idea. That was a fascinating transition, though. But we are going to send you some prizes because you were in fact our last caller, and you're going to get your very own retro WGN Radio T-shirt. It's and they a, really are. It's cool. official, and you're going to get your own. Go ahead. Weathermaker. Thank you. You know what? (laughs) Uh, 60-minute men, right? Yep. So I have no paper in front of me, so I lost my script. And and the whole show is scripted. It's it very is. carefully every scripted. Word, every word of the show is scripted. Well, Laurie, thank you very much for being our last caller. A uh, couple notes about next week. Uh, as we said at the top of the show, uh, you need to adjust your scorecards because originally we thought we were going to be taking you kids uh, down to the uh, panhandle of Florida with us for the next two weeks. That ain't going to happen. We've had a change of plans. So we'll let you know when we're going to be segueing down to uh, Panama City Beach in Florida. Mm-hmm. So we will be here the next couple of weeks. And uh, one of our guests next week will be Patrick Crispin. Right. A lot of things to cover, uh, whether it's threads. Oh, that reminds me. Somebody said, where was it? Uh, da, da, da. You heard it. Uh, 708 Erico. Did you know there was a 1984 film called Threads about a nuclear holocaust? See? Look that up on Google. It's Back to my point. Dave from Oak Park. Dumb. And they have a, a logo, a, a symbol that looks like um. It looks like kind of that at thing. An a in a hole is what yep, it looks well. like. <laughs> That's what it looks like. I'll try to warm up to it before next week when we talk about it on the radio. You got- <laughs> um, uh, 331 Area Co. said Corvids. Crows and ravens. I didn't know they used the term corvids. Corvids are the quote smartest birds of birds, the smartest. And but but I heard in this story, I heard there was some other bird besides crows. It wasn't ravens. Magpie. Magpie. I I think it was magpies. Rook. Magpie sounds right. It's close enough for jazz. So I'm going with But you it. see, there's the word pie, and I immediately <laughs> Back to food again. I know. What are you having when you get home? Julian, what are you having? Don't tell me granola. Tell me something good. I'm having a nap. Okay. You... Maybe some eggs. That's good. Now you've got Rufus going through my head. Tell me something good. <laughs> okay. 
on that note, uh, I think we've run out of words. Thank you, kids, for uh, hanging out with us. uh, And uh, theoretically, we'll see you here (laughs) next week.